0: Hello and welcome again to the My Favourite Film Podcast with me, your host, Gav Smith. It's a super long episode this time. Count this as being like those old comics when we were kids. It's the summer special. Um, This will be the last episode for a while. Uh, Taking a short summer break. But back in September with more episodes. If you want to get in touch with me during the summer though, that is absolutely fine. The email, as always, is myfavouritefilmpodcast at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, you can catch up with me on at MyFaveFilm. Hopefully during the summer, I'll be getting a website together and maybe something on Facebook as well. So you can follow me in different places. Until then, today's conversation is with Mary Wilde. Mary is a Freudian cinephile. Yeah, she tells me a little bit more about that during the conversation. Uh, she is the co-host of the Projections podcast, and she has her own Patreon page, which I'm sure you can find by going to Patreon and searching up Mary Wilde. So my conversation with Mary is about Joker, the 2019 film by Todd Phillips, starring Joaquin Phoenix. This is an origin story for the Joker, and I say an origin story. It is not the traditional one. It is not the same one as being in the comics many times. But there again, there's been so many different versions of the comics that... What is the real origin story of the Joker anyway? This one surrounds Arthur Fleck, who is a clown and stand-up comedian, and it tells his story of how he becomes the Joker. This is my chat
1: with Mary. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face she told me i had a purpose to bring laughter and joy to the world <laughs> hey, <it's not> them! <laughs> is it just me or is it getting crazier out there
0: hello mary
2: Hi, how are you?
0: Very good. Thank you. And yourself?
2: I'm well, thank you. Right.
0: It's lovely for you to come on the show. Um, thanks for agreeing to.
2: Pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
0: It's all right. Um, just to ask you a few questions just before we start. Um, first one, I, I really want to talk about, because I've listened to your projections podcast. Mm-hmm. So I know a little bit about what you do, but can you just give us a little... Tell us what it is that you actually do for a living, <laughs> I think it's, it's pertinent to the... Um, the discussion we're gonna have I think.
2: No problem, sure. Yeah, so um, I basically run a lecture series at the Freud Museum in London. So what it is, the gist of that is that I approach cinema from a psychoanalytic perspective and I apply usually Freudian or sometimes Jungian or Lacanian concepts to film interpretation. Um, and so the podcast, Projections podcast. Is sort of following on, following on from the lecture series, and it's me and Sarah analyzing film and having a dialogue about psychoanalysis in relation to cinema.
0: Yeah, which I think will come in a lot with this particular film.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a
0: lot going on in this one. Um, yeah. So, why is Joker your favorite film?
2: Joker is my favorite film because. Um, the the character of the joker is actually my favorite fictional character okay yeah when they announced that there was going to be this sort of alternate universe film dedicated to the character study of the joker like his origin story yeah uh i was just like so stoked and i watched the trailer uh so many times i think like the trailer has like five million views on youtube like Half of those views are mine, you know? <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> and I was really anticipating the film. I, in a way, I was maybe even setting myself up for a disappointment because I'd really hyped it up in my mind.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: But then when I actually went to, to watch it in the cinema, I it even surpassed my expectations. Like, I really loved everything about it i love the martin scorsese references yeah, i love yeah. i love joaquin phoenix i think it's perfect casting yeah um, good. yeah and i just like the idea of you sort of understand psychologically how this supervillain came to be you know like how this gotham city crime boss um like what led to his in a way the de- deterioration of his mind you know
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah so you're a big comic book fan then, are you?
2: Well, I, oh, I really only like the Batman comics. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm a bit the same myself, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always been a big, big Batman fan. So I've got um this was this was a film that I was also looking forward to, but I've I've never managed to get to watch it for some whatever oh. reason. I missed it at the cinema. Mm-hmm. And then just I guess with lockdown and things, just never got around to actually seeing it. Sure. So this was my first watch, and I really did enjoy it. So.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad you got to watch it for yeah. this conversation. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. Um, so talking about Whacking Phoenix, obviously he won Oscar for Best Lead Actor in this. Yeah. Um,
2: yes, he did.
0: How do you think his Joker compares to other Jokers that have been on screen? I mean, there's, there's plenty of them.
2: There's plenty of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually... Um, I'm going to be teaching a course about the Joker for oh, City right. Lit this summer. Wow. wow. Um, and and I'm going to be covering a bunch of the Jokers. So right. um, I'm now thinking of, obviously, Cesar Romero yeah, in yeah. the original Batman TV show, yeah. um, Jack Nicholson, yeah. Mark Hamill.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, I mean, it's serious, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. Jared Leto, of course. Yes. But, but also the uh, incredible Heath Ledger. Yes. Um, I mean, in a way, I think the Joker is such a great character that, first of all, it's sort of, you have to be of a certain caliber of actor to have the moxie to play a, jo- uh, play a character like this. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
2: So it, it kind of already is, is. The bar is pretty high. Like you can't, you can't get anyone to inexperienced attempting to play the Joker.
0: No, not at all. No, no. I mean, so it, it, yeah. I think Jack Nicholson obviously had the certainly had the acting chops behind him to be able to pull it <laughs> off. And um, although he owes a lot of his performance, I think to Caesar Romero's. I don't think his performance would be the way it was <laughs> with it, the nineteen sixties Batman. But uh yeah.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the series um, Gotham, like yes. the TV show, and it, it's Cameron Monaghan isn't yes, it, isn't it is it? Yeah. He's the proto yeah. Joker. He's very good as well.
0: Yes, in both incarnations, as yes, the before and then his brother. Because I, yeah. I, I can't remember what the name of the, the original character is, but it's his brother Jerome that takes over the. The role of Jeremiah. Jeremiah's is, Jerome's is the first one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's brilliant. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, he's
0: brilliant. Yeah, Yeah.
2: he's brilliant. And I think you know, I think every actor brings something different to the character uh, because he is so complex. So there's yes. a lot of room to play and and experiment. Yeah. And so every performance is memorable in its own right. But so you can't. I, I wouldn't. I couldn't say what's what my f- absolute favorite Joker performance is. I think. I think they all add something to it. Yes. I, th- I think maybe Heath Ledger was the most radical.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker owes a lot to Heath Ledger's. Um, yeah. The whole way he looks, the whole look of his Joker, I suppose. Mm. Um, even to the dancing and the way he acts.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that in there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're uh, right. I mean, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger were really good friends, actually, in real life. Yeah. And when Joaquin won the Best Actor Award for the, the Screen Actors Guild ceremony, so pre, prior to the Oscars, because he also won the Golden Globe, he, he won did, the yes. BAFTA, yeah, yeah. he won everything. They yeah, just gave did. him all the awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was when very he, good. <laughs> he's very good, well-deserved. Oh, absolutely, when he, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: When he won the SAG Award, the Screen Actors Guild, he actually thanked his um, his favourite actor, Heath Ledger. Wow. So I think you, it 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 supports your claim that there is a lot of like uh, homage being paid to the Heath Ledger Joker.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even from the the, the long hair and the way he looks. Yeah. You know, the, the Joker in the comics obviously got quite a lot of different origin stories. He's one <laughs> of these characters that I don't think he's actually got a real origin story. That a lot of them yeah. involve him falling into a vat of chemicals. But
1: yeah.
0: The, you know, you've got things like uh, Batman Endgame. I don't know if you have ever read that yes um, i have yeah which where they, they basically say he's he's evil incarnate and he's he's yeah. Elzebob living on earth so you know he's he's a very complex character <laughs> very
2: with yeah, no real very
0: complex. origin yeah yeah
2: i mean i suppose you could make the argument that the re- one of the reasons cuz do you remember in the dark knight when heath ledger says um something about uh having more than one multiple you know you have, having more than yeah. one backstory is like yeah. it's is like multiple choice or something yeah or um i mean i think that's even straight out of the comics i think it, it might yes. even be from the killing the killing joke i think it's the
0: killing joke yeah i think yeah the scene with batman and and joker in the the police station is from the killing joke so
2: that's right that's right take
0: from there
2: yeah and in yeah. a way i'm thinking that maybe that's The reason why it seems so fluid confusing and ambivalent like there is no set facts of what we can all agree happened it's it's so like confused and mysterious is because the joker i think everyone probably will attest to the fact that he is mentally ill yes
1: yes definitely he's
2: He's not a well man (laughs) not
0: not the slightest
2: So maybe maybe that's why it seems so ambivalent when he's trying to remember his past because it's so wrought with with trauma. Yeah. That you know he, he 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 even feels at odds with it. Like he doesn't he doesn't fully he can't fully accept what really happened. So there's a lot of denial, there's a lot of repetition of the past. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, just outright forgetting because it's too painful. Yeah. So then there's like a reinvention of the past.
0: Yes, which is what Heath Ledger's Joker does an awful lot through it, because every time someone <laughs> asks about his smile, he comes up with a new story of how he got the um the scars exactly. across his face, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and I guess if they continue, because they all think they're doing a sequel, but this Joker, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, um,
2: they're doing a the sequel.
0: If they continue with that, I guess he'll change the way he became Joker through the course of that, I would have thought, and reinvent yeah. himself again. Yeah,
2: yeah yeah I mean in, <laughs> yes I mean in um, kind of like um I, I don't know if you remember but there was this meme that was circulating when this Joker Todd Phillips's film uh, came out in 2019 and it was something like creating the Joker in 1989 i.e Jack Nicholson yeah throw him into a way um, a vat of chemicals yeah and then creating the joker in 2019 throw him into society
0: yeah wow yes because that's definitely where this is coming from isn't it here this joker is is created by the world around him rather than something some accident of some sort
2: yeah Yeah, like the, the the toxicity isn't coming from a vat of chemicals it's coming from human interaction yeah. from civilization that's what's toxic and that's what's polluting his mind that's yeah. what's corrupting him
0: wow yeah that's ex- i guess that's exactly what this is i mean from the, f- the first opening scenes you see a, a a very downtrodden man you know the the yeah. whole putting on the makeup in that dirty what ho i think he's the joker the clown academy that he works at is called isn't it um that's right. Yeah. he's very much a downtrodden guy when you see him out in the street he's he's poorly dressed clown and just spinning yeah. the sign around it's like that that's what his life's come to That he, he's advertising a sale for a shop that's going out of business
2: yeah yeah exactly and then it's not even his fault he got jumped and they stole his sign yeah and then his boss is yelling at him and like blaming him <laughs> yeah. you know it's just it's so unfair
0: yeah completely um, I mean yeah he, he gets jump to the the steel sign, he gives chase, which is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then gets beaten to a pulp from it and ends up yeah. losing his job over it, which just it does seem incredibly unfair. But that's I guess where Todd Phillips was going with it to try and show that this is a man that is absolutely been overlooked by society and is at the end of everything.
2: Yes, absolutely. And in, in a way, this what it says on the sign is really interesting as well. It says everything must go. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, he's he's we hear Arthur Fleck complaining that, you know, no one is nice to each other anymore. Like all value and human decency seems to have been discarded. You know, everything has gone, yeah. you know. Um, and it's also kind of a call to action in a way because it's a demand for like, a way out of the current position of deadlock. You know, everything must go. We have to somehow change the current situation, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, at least that's what his followers believe. His followers, the movement that he starts are, you know, they, they're very kind of radicalized by the Joker. Definitely, yeah, yeah. But the, jo- but the Joker himself, he doesn't believe in anything. He you know, he keeps saying, I don't, I'm not into politics, I, I don't want to start a movement. No, no. He believes in nothing.
0: No, not, not nothing at all. He's just... He's just... In fact, I mean, jumping across sort of to the very end where he's yeah. um, he's in the, the studio, I, I firmly believe that his idea was to shoot himself on live yeah. television
1: yeah.
0: Um, from previous sort of interactions you see with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he obviously just got really angry at that point and said, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to make a big stand here and do something different. Yes. Um, but he, he is pretty much at the end at that point, isn't he? He doesn't care anymore
2: no at all like he he has he's not invested in anything no because he feels like he has only encountered trauma his whole life yeah and so he has actually like he he even says I have nothing left to lose um I was thinking of some of the I mean I mentioned Martin Scorsese as a big influence of course the king of comedy and taxi driver yes
0: definitely yeah
2: we can really see the influences there, but I was also thinking, um, you know, the 1976 film network, uh, with the anchor man who's, he's, he's like yelling and screaming and he's like, um, I'm angry and I'm not going to take this anymore.
0: Yeah. There is a lot of that in there as well. Yeah. Well, I think there's, Uh, there's, there's, um, links to say fight club as well.
2: Oh
1: yeah. The
0: whole, you know, duality of him that, in one breath he's you know shooting people on on trains and whatever else and then he's just a clown in a a hospital singing and dancing for the kids there's a wow there's there's two sides to his personality definitely there in the same way as there is in in fight club
2: that is so true that is so true and also this kind of interesting tribalism of people uh congregating together and bonding over violence
0: yes yes um that's yeah. that's a big a big part of it isn't it that everyone follows him and sees i guess it's a uh, Gotham is always described as a melting pot in all the the batman comics that so, yeah. it doesn't take much to tip the people of gotham over the edge and make something happen um and i guess from this <laughs> this film's point of view that's what they're showing at the start that you know if kids can just walk down the street and quite happily beat someone up to that stage that they do mm. uh, it doesn't take much for then someone else to go oh do you know what there's been this bit of violence. These rich people are, are oppressing us. Let's let's rise up, which is exactly yeah. what happens at the end. Yeah,
2: that is so true. I was also thinking of um, you know Joel Schumacher's Falling Down. Yes, you know with yeah. Michael Douglas. That's yeah, also yeah, yeah. Very. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Of- yes, One well, Man Rampage. I guess he's again another man at the the end of his tether, and he's yeah he's downtrodden, and decides, oh, do you know what? All I, all I want was breakfast because <laughs> <laughs> on his
2: <laughs>
0: killing spree yeah
2: exactly like yeah. you know he's it's a very interesting character study all of these films of like troubled isolated lonely people who um have a emotional disturbance or breakdown yeah um I mean I, I don't know if you remember um around the time of the release of Joker but I, there was so much cause I was paying a lot of attention cause I was anticipating yeah. this movie so much. And there was a lot of talk on Twitter with uh, people being offended by joker and saying that really? this is yeah yeah oh it was massive and they were like saying that this film is yet another film that's about like a sad white man and yeah. it's so annoying and whatever and i just i yeah. really don't like that discourse i feel like it's very reductive and annoying because they were basically suggesting that you can only appreciate this film if you are yourself a white man and that's simply not true no 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 at all right I'm a case in point of that. I'm a woman, and yeah. I love I love the Joker in all yeah. his iterations, and I identify with him. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but in my Twitter bio, yeah, I've written down Arthur Fleck's twin sister.
1: <laughs> that actually. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. I'm slightly yeah. worried now. <laughs> Glad we're on Zoom. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure pull At the end we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, I just don't, there was so much talk around the fact that he's toxic and we yeah. shouldn't have to, you know, this shouldn't be allowed. These representations of violence, male violence shouldn't be allowed. And I think, yeah. you know, there, so I don't like this kind of policing of cinema where these moralistic views are actually suppressing good cinema because, you know, we don't come to cinema to get life lessons, no, and like, no. uh, that's not what it's about. It's not no. a PSA, you know. No, it's it, not it's like an
0: escape, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's an escape, but also maybe some form of like working through, processing some difficult stuff that we haven't fully articulated. You know. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. all unconscious you know we relate to it on some level it's it's captivating it's compelling it doesn't always have to be like movies about goody two-shoes you know no, <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: it'd be really boring if it was wouldn't it you know if everyone Absolutely. always had a happy ending it would be a terrible thing um
2: yeah it would it would be yeah. tragic
0: yeah it's actually i was i was talking to someone um just an episode on on brazil mm. um the terry gilliam film and we were talking Great about film. that yeah because obviously terry gilliam got his directorial cut at the end so that doesn't have a happy ending wow um because obviously there's a there's the end where it yeah. looks like it's happy ever after and he's in the fields and then Michael Palin's character appears and actually he's not and no it's he's that, not that those types of endings where it doesn't all end happily and everyone yeah. doesn't have a, a lovely life afterwards it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's a lot more interesting for a film to be like that and it makes the film a very different film but a more enjoyable film
2: 100 yeah. percent. yeah absolutely um but i also loved when i immediately saw the trailer for joker mm. um you know like when he, uh, joaquin phoenix um sort of like makes a smile out of his you know using his yeah. his fingers like he oh it's so great yeah um, you know that actually comes from the man who laughs, the silent film.
0: Oh right, yeah, that's which is pretty much where Joker's character came from, isn't it?
2: Yes, exactly. The,
0: the based him on basically on that that character. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the
2: 1928 film. Yeah. Um, it was a silent film about. Um, it's, it's, I think it's like a German Expressionist film.
0: I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. I've, I've never actually seen it, but um, I've, I've read yeah. bits for it. Um, obviously, because I am a bit of a Batman fan, I know that, uh, bits of pieces there. Um, and obviously Joker's just had his 80th anniversary. Yes. There was a, a lot of stuff came out around about Joker when that 80th anniversary came. And that was one of the main uh, things they talked about, that the man who laughs was inspiration for yeah. the Joker. Um, That's right. But obviously he was, suppo- he was supposed to be a, a one-off character because
1: yeah. they, they
0: kill him at the first The first episode, first issue <laughs> of Batman, which is the first time Joker appears, and he, he does die at the end of that, that very short comic strip. So he was supposed to go. But uh, yeah, I suppose that's right. there's a link there to Arthur in that they bring him back to life, yeah. which is exactly what happens to Arthur at the end of this. He's pretty much, he looks dead on the bonnet of that police car, but... He spits a bit of blood and he, he rises from the dead, so yeah, yeah, and I guess I love
2: that scene, yeah, oh, it's
0: yeah, brilliant. he <laughs> <laughs> does he little dance afterwards?
2: His little dance,
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of dancing, a lot of very strange dancing in this,
2: yeah. The dancing was Joaquin Phoenix went and found this lovely, like, little sequence, this choreography, I believe, it was it was from like either you know, maybe the 40s or 50s, yeah, and it is this kind of it's just a, a single man dancing and it's right. kind of a melancholy, slow motion dance. Right. And um, he improvised. He he worked, he did work with a choreographer, but he did a lot of improvisations on his own, like that yeah. whole bathroom sequence when he yeah. does the the kind of dance that looks a little bit like Tai Chi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was not planned. They, right. they weren't, they didn't have that in the script for him to dance in the bathroom. Right. Joaquin just started moving around like very organically, yeah. and po- spontaneously. And Todd Phillips said, Actually, this looks really good, let's use it.
0: I, I imagine with with Joaquin Phoenix, there's an awful lot that happens in his films because he is a very method actor, he gets into these yeah. roles, and I guess he, when he's in the moment and he's doing what he does, those type of things just happen spontaneously and it probably makes really good well, it does make really good cinema, doesn't it?
1: So
2: it really does. Yeah. yeah. It's very um like also just the the decision to include Arthur having a medical condition, you yeah. know, suffering from this compulsion to laugh uncontrollably in an yeah. inappropriate situation. Yeah. Um I mean that's actually a real condition. I think it's called like pseudo bulber effect
0: yes that's what i've got um, written down on my notes
2: oh really <laughs>
1: yes it's well done
2: uh, oh cheers yeah i can't believe i remembered that <laughs> yeah. um but it was he it's really interesting because it sort of brings this dynamic of he he is actually you know he has a disability like what yeah. he's, he's not trying to make a, spectif- make a spectacle of himself in public not at he all. just is he's a pained person he's has an affliction
0: yeah and i mean certainly anytime he's he's having an attack a laughter attack he looks to be in pain he doesn't want to be laughing he's no you know he's struggling for breath um which is again taken from the comic books because that's what the joker toxin does to everybody else (laughs) so (laughs) it's kind of like taking those things and going that that's what it should do and that's what it's doing to him so
2: yeah. yeah. It's so sad because you can see other people feeling uncomfortable. Yes. And he's embarrassed, you yeah. know. It's yeah. sort of it's heart- heartbreaking.
0: It, it is, but he, he embraces it by the end. But Yeah,
2: he does. He really does.
0: That's when he, <laughs> he when he basically takes on the, the the persona of Joker. It's like, you know, actually <laughs> my laughs there. This is what I what I do. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's true. He sort of it, it lets him be feel empowered actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which
2: is a cool thing.
0: Yeah, and it's a great laugh.
2: It's a great laugh.
0: Yeah, I mean, j- <laughs> jokers through time have, have done some good laughs, but that one's, yeah, there's something more, I don't know, sinister and manic yeah. about the way he does it than, like I say, Mark, Mark Hamill's joke is one of the greatest <laughs> ones, but his is very much a comic laugh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This one's much more sinister. It's just quite a scary yeah. laugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: but it sort of also harks back to the man who laughs um the fact that he has a permanent grin you know yes. he has a permanent grin and he um he can't convey anything other than joy and laughter and yeah. that itself becomes painful yeah. So it's sort of suggesting this idea of like the burden on on all of us when we have to put on a happy face, even though we might not feel that way on the inside. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's, it's another kind of very relatable aspect of the Joker.
0: Yeah. Well, his his mum calls him happy, doesn't she? Yeah. So he, he's been brought up in a house, I suppose, where he was supposed to always be happy. So the laugh, I don't know if some of the the laugh and the effect comes from that or whether it is, I think they describe it as being a a brain trauma that's caused it, which obviously they they do go into a little bit in more detail later on. Um, But you do wonder if some of it's psychological that he's always been told he's happy. So he feels a a compulsion to laugh because he has to be happy.
2: He has to be, he doesn't have a choice.
0: Yeah, it's it's the way he's been brought up by his mum. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's so sad when he finds out about his past and like case file yes and the trauma oh my gosh like the child abuse and the Mm. neglect and you just realize he really never had a fair shot in life
0: no i I think you know they do they give you that slow burn at the start of the film to, to show you how downtrodden he is and they just keep going and and sort of forcing more on you to tell you actually do you know he was badly taught as a a child as well um Mm -hmm. he had a terrible home life and whatever else he's he's just not been ever in a good place no yeah
2: no exactly
1: yeah
2: it's so interesting because do you remember when um the uh we understand that like his mom penny she's holding out hope that thomas wayne this business tycoon yeah obviously bruce wayne's dad yes he (laughs) helps that um you know he, he that she's holding out hope that he's going to sort of like take them into the, his into the fold and like welcome them into his family that yeah. Arthur is really his son and etc yeah, yeah. etc so she's, yeah. she has this fantasy about him but also Arthur has his own fantasy about almost Murray Franklin the tv talk shows yeah, almost yeah. being like a father figure to him
0: yeah because we see that in that that I suppose the first sort of Sequence that's in Arthur's mind is where he's watching Murray Franklin. The next moment he's in the audience oh, and yeah. he's in, invited down to to come on stage because he talks to him a bit. And I think Murray calls him son at that point.
2: Yes, he does.
0: So it is. It, he's definitely, he's fixated on Murray and being a comedian, I suppose, a talk show host, which is the the link back to King of Comedy, isn't it? Yeah. It's a Stacey <laughs> film. It's, it's the same type of thing and I think De Niro said that he put a lot of his character for getting a comedy into Marie Franklin to try and keep that link there wow. without without it really being there because they're not mm-hmm. it's not a sequel or anything like that but he said that he, he saw a lot of his previous character in Franklin and that was the way he thought that guy's career would have gone so yes.
2: That is, oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that De Niro said that. That makes a lot of sense.
0: I think it's one of the reasons why De Niro agreed to, to do the film in the first place, because he that's saw this, this link between King of Comedy, a previous role he'd done, and, and yeah. this one. Um, I almost make it's a long time since I've seen King of Comedy. I might have to rewatch mm-hmm. it after watching this, to be honest. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a link between those two characters.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And um, this idea that, you know, it's this, I guess, is the betrayal that Arthur feels when he realizes that his own attempt at stand-up comedy is being mocked and ridiculed yes. on this show that he idolized so yes. much. Yeah, and he that's a real that's a real punch to the gut, you know. Well, that's um, another
0: another one of things that tips him over the edge, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like his, his, his comedy was his attempt to register at a social level, yes. and make human connections but nobody gets his jokes, you know? I mean, literally, nobody gets him, <laughs> no, you know? <laughs> no.
0: It's very difficult to
1: get.
2: So difficult to get, <laughs> I have to say. Very yeah. <laughs> weird stuff in that book Yeah, that he's always, like, jotting around in. And yeah. it's, he's, um, you could tell that he is, so, it, there's something in him that I can kind of understand why some of the kind of mainstream culture felt a bit threatened by Arthur Fleck yeah. because yeah. at that time there was a great amount of, um, I guess, concern, like social concern yeah. around like incels yeah, yeah. and guys who are like these weird guys who are imagined to be living with their mom and they have yeah. no social life and yeah. they're unstable and they may be plotting some violence together. Yeah. And so Arthur kind of fits the bill of that. And they wanted to see him be a kind of like if they wanted to see if the incel was going to be portrayed, the incel should have to be the villain of the story, not a protagonist that or, or an antihero, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: um, it's an odd take on the character, I suppose, because he is the hero of the, the piece, but it, he's not someone you should like. Yeah, but because of the way he's portrayed and the way that they explain his home life, his childhood, his condition, and everything, you you, you feel an awful lot of sympathy for him, even though you yeah. you really shouldn't because he he does some very bad things. He's you know he's not a nice guy.
1: No, um, he's not a nice but
0: guy. He's also not a well guy. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. It it's there's an odd <sighs> conflict between he's the hero and actually i do feel sorry for him and actually do you know what this this guy shouldn't be allowed on the streets at all and we shouldn't like him um yeah do you, do you think that he's i don't know heroified in in the film is is he glorified and his acts of violence glorified or is it the right level
2: um i don't i don't believe it was glorified at all i mean i have seen far more violent films than, than Joker. Yes. And yeah. none of them ever got a look in. You know, nobody was ever up in arms no. about some of the other films out there. Yeah. Um, I think what tr- maybe triggered some people with Joker is that this is a character who, you know, he's 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 reached the end of his tether and he really isn't... He's completely dispossessed by yes. society. Yeah. He's no longer... Uh, He's been rejected his whole life. He's been like um, just completely abandoned, ignored, ridiculed his whole life or traumatized. So now he's come to a place where he's accepted that and he's kind of living in this strange, uh, morally ambivalent landscape. Yeah. And so he no longer really cares about right or wrong life and death. He finds it funny. You know, yeah, he thinks yeah, it's yeah. all a joke. Yeah. And I that think that's what upsets people more than anything. It's that someone should uh, openly express their complete moral detachment from the rest of us. Yeah. Because all of us, we feel we have to be invested. Otherwise, we're, we're bad people. Yes. yeah. And here's this character who literally is saying, I don't care. I think this is all a joke. Yeah. And because um, I was thinking, you know... Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the philosophy of absurdism,
0: right? Okay,
2: you um, help me with that one. <laughs> so, ba- so basically, it's like um, <laughs> absurdism. The, the the kind of most famous philosopher attached to that is uh, Albert Camus, okay. a French philosopher. Yeah, and he he said that you know we could in in our seeking of meaning in life. We might not find any meaning and that might feel like a great deal of of a huge burden and a huge depression but maybe the solution is that you know we kind of embrace the, the absurdity that there's no meaning so um we should just kind of like arrive at a place where we defiantly continue to live and search for meaning even though we probably won't find any so he said that's a solution to facing and confronting the brutality of the world, because sometimes we could be faced with so much chaos and pain that we even question, do we want to live at all? But yeah. the true the true hero continues to, like defiantly to live um, and says kind of like revolts in the face of uh, brutality and pain and injustice and laughs in the face of that that's absurdism like we just we just accept we no longer set ourselves up for disappointment by hoping out of hope you know um that something good's gonna happen we sort of accept that everything's gonna fall apart and yet we're we're still there we're still surviving yeah so you know like the stairs and um the wonderful like staircase yes yeah
0: i was gonna (laughs) ask about the stairs actually
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) because um that's a beautiful scene. Obviously, we've initially encountered the stairs. These are actual stairs that exist in the Bronx, where yeah. the movie was filmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, Joaquin Phoenix was born in the Bronx. Oh
1: right, okay. No, excuse
2: that. me, sorry. Let me let me uh, correct that. His mom is from the Bronx. He right. was born in Puerto Rico, but right. his mom is from the Bronx. Right. And Todd Phillips is, of course, is from New York. So, yeah. um, th- so the stairs. Initially, we see Arthur Fleck having to. Co- day after day climb up the stairs yes, yeah and he seems so downtrodden Absolutely, like he's, he's yeah. got the weight of the world yeah. on his shoulders you know like yeah. climbing these stairs and it's yeah. like painful and the tonality of the film like the color grading is very like cool toned and very dark and depressing
0: yes which a lot of yeah. batman universe films are they've always <laughs> they been are. Dark gray- other than when joel schumacher did it i suppose um They've yeah. always been quite dark and and gritty looking. Um,
2: Gotham City,
0: but it's meant to be, isn't it? It's meant to be, yeah, this exactly dark thing. So, I mean, Gotham yeah, like is this... Gotham is usually a character itself, yeah, within the universe. So, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. exactly. Um, but anyway, in the in Albert Camus' uh, b- uh, book, um, actually, it's an essay, "The Myth of Sisyphus." He talks about a man who is um, kind of ex- experiencing futility in his search for meaning right and he he compares him to the uh, um, the experience of the greek mythology character the ancient greek character sisyphus who was condemned to repeat forever the same meaningless task right, okay. of push of pushing a boulder up yeah. a mountain yeah only to see it roll down again
1: yeah
2: and Albert Camus says, you know, he concludes the essays and he's the, the essay and he says, the struggle itself is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus happy. So when Arthur Fleck transforms into the Joker. Yeah. The Joker, rather than like slowly climbing up the stairs, he's dancing down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah it's a total different color grading it's bright and it's that there's daylight and he's laughing and dancing and he's got he's got his fancy costume on
0: yeah yeah he's in full joker (laughs) isn't he yeah Yeah.
2: he's in full joker and the fact that they also used that gary glitter song as well (laughs) when he's dancing down the stairs that was a that was a bit trollish i I kind of liked it though it was a publication it was
0: i mean they got a lot of stick fusing that that song (laughs) didn't they uh, it, it, was, did. it was seen as not being a particularly good song to use, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It works.
2: It I think works. it works brilliantly. Yeah. And I think it is a good song because it's saying that, you know, life is full of. Um, really horrible things yeah and you know like it is sort of admitting and acknowledging the darker side of life and that song is a part of that as well those darker impulses yeah but the joker he is the absurdist hero of albert camus philosophy yeah he he is this character who does doesn't run away from the pain and the chaos and the disturbance he confronts it full on but his response is to laugh in the face of it yeah and yeah. that was—that's kind of what helps him survive. He yeah. thinks it's funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and I, I suppose it links as well that thing of him—him him really not caring at that point. He's—he's he's at a point where it doesn't matter what music he's listening, to, what he's doing, dancing on the stairs. However, he's doing it, <laughs> he just doesn't care at all.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And his dance down the stairs is, is an interesting dance.
2: <laughs> it is very interesting. <laughs>
0: There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of stairs in the whole thing though. You see a lot of shots, long shots down steps and up steps. Yeah. I, I wondered if there was some sort of I don't know, link to his descent into madness by showing yeah. lots of steps, there's lots of ways down. I don't know.
2: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to fall down, you know, yes. than it is to climb up. Yeah. And so he just sort of relishes in his downward spiral. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, he feels like it's sort of um, pointless to continue putting himself through the kind of punishment of resisting against everything going on. He just sort of goes with the flow of it. He lets that madness of the world become a part of his own personality.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it comes as well from, I suppose, um, Joaquin Phoenix's whole portrayal of the role. I mean, he must have lost an awful lot of weight to take this role on. Yeah. Um he, he absolutely em- embodies the Joker and this the way he looks is uh is really strange. Um
1: yeah.
0: I think because he, he lost so much weight for it, but he's still quite, I don't know, muscular, sinewy. Um mm. he does remind me of all, all the, the pictures you see whenever the joker's in a comic book and he's got his top off, which is more and more these days. Um he, he does have that same very, very skinny look and mm. Yeah, he's he's embodied it completely, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, what's interesting is that before he started working on Joker, yeah, um, he had been he had just finished doing the kind of press for the release of his film directed by Lynn Ramsey. You were never really here.
0: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So
2: in that, he plays like a war veteran. He does, if you recall. yes. Yeah, he's and he's he...
0: in a wheelchair, isn't he? For it,
1: is he? Is
2: yeah, that... he's yeah. So he's, he's not, um, he's not physically disabled. He, but he has no. PTSD.
0: Yes. Yes. He,
2: um, he, he has very bad PTSD and he has like, he has, he zones out, he ha- he disassociates. And Sick. then, um, he, he's, he, he's sort of committed to committing. He's, he's very invested in committing violence. Yes. Um, is that the repetition now, yeah. of his trauma? But what he said was that when he was making that movie with Alan Ramsey, he did a lot of research on post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And he really understood the link, the kind of emotional expression of it and how to how to perform that. It's very difficult. And he said that he brought that knowledge to the Joker um, because often you do see Arthur sort of he looks a bit zoned out. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, he, he really does look like he's he's had some shell shock or something. There's something really disturbing in him. Yeah. And what is striking is just co- to comment on what you said about his physicality is that in You Were Never Really Here, he had actually put on weight for the role. Right. So he, OK. He was overweight. Yeah. And then within only a few months. Uh, he lost not just the excess weight, and that, but then, then he became underweight.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: He, like tr- radically transforming his body. I mean, he, in a way, he kind of reminds me a bit of Christian Bale. That commitment to the physical yeah. change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because he he gains and loses weight for whatever he's doing, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. He was so skinny in the machinist, and then yes. he was so buff playing Bruce yeah, Wayne. Yeah, playing
0: Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he jumps, doesn't he, very quickly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I, I know.
0: <laughs> I have enough trouble just keeping it in the right way, way I am now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. No, because well, I mean the, that physical presence, the, the, I think there's a scene where he's um he's opening his clown shoe and he's pulling yeah. away the laces, but they show him from behind and the oh. the, the whole way his body looks there. He just looks monstrous i suppose yeah. which i guess is what they were trying to go for to show that externally he is monstrous as well as internally i'm not yeah
2: sure. no absolutely absolutely he's so he's he he's he's so deprived yeah like he's so malnourished yeah um that it sort of bleeds into the fact that his body is shrinking as well like he feels like he's nothing it yes. feels like people just don't see him on the street, he's like invisible. Yeah. So, his weight loss makes him shrink to almost non existence, yeah. But also, he is severely malnourished like, yeah. he is uncared for. He yeah. is and he looks sick, he really truly looks ill.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time you, you see his body, you just think, Oh, he's, he needs to eat a lot more, yeah. <laughs>
2: absolutely hand that man a sandwich you know
0: absolutely
2: (laughs) (laughs) he'll be fine with some food in him (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but also it reminds me of you know when he opened up the refrigerator door and he started like removing all the internal objects and climbing inside yeah that was really interesting
0: it's a really strange scene because I I couldn't work out what was going on because obviously they've got the I think the phone message systems in the background isn't it with the police talking and wanting to meet with him. Um, and he just yeah. seems to be throwing things out of the fridge. And from the cr- get inside the fridge just seemed a, a really odd thing to do. But <laughs> 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 I guess at that point he has completely lost it. I can't remember was that after he's actually killed his mum and he's gone gone um, oh, back or is that no before? so that
2: was after he confronted Thomas Wayne that's in, right yeah, at the in, movie theater. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm your son. Yeah. Um but then Oh, but then when he came home, uh, his mom was taken to hospital. Yes. That's what it was. So and she's already he, in hospital, isn't she? At that yeah. She's already in hospital. That's it. Yeah. But what, what what I found interesting in that scene is that it is in, it, it, it kind of made me think, oh, well, he seems to be seeking some sort of refuge or, or comfort. Yeah. And for him, it makes sense to climb into a damp, freezing dark space yeah yeah because that's kind of the world that he's always known yeah like it's like he's going back into this like strange uh womb but it's like the womb is it's is so it's it's like antithetical to what a womb should be it's not warm and welcoming it's cold and it'll make him ill you know (laughs) yeah 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 um but also that scene was completely improvised that was not in this yeah that was not in the script so um he was climbing the fridge he wasn't supposed to climb in the fridge he was he he was just meant to listen to the message on the answering machine in his kitchen yeah and and then Joaquin Phoenix just decided on a whim completely (laughs) impulsively to climb in the fridge and if you play back the scene you can see the cinematographer there's like a bit of a like jump in the camera because they like followed his movements (laughs) they're like oh what is he doing okay well let's zoom in on this yeah and it completely took them by surprise yeah wow it's so cool that he's such an actor that he he just thinks like that on his feet
0: yeah it it is that thing of it he does seem to embody his roles so
1: yeah he does
0: what he thinks that character would have done and even though yeah. it's unscripted, he knows that character better, I suppose, than the person writing the script. So it does what he believes the character would do in it. And it works.
2: It works. I mean, yeah. it,
0: it's a bit bizarre that he climbs in the fridge, but <laughs> you can, as you say, does it make sense for him that the type of love he was given as a child was, you know, being tied to a radiator? I think it says yeah. at some point in his thing that, you know, that's how he was left. That's how he was treated. So mm. why wouldn't you then think, well, actually, yeah, climbing into a cold, damp, dark place is the best place for me, yeah.
1: it fits with that psychology
0: doesn't it yeah I think that that's why it took me so long to um, to actually watch the film because mm. I, I guess being a fan of the comic books um, and I'd heard so much about how dark this was and mm. I'd actually I was told incorrectly that it didn't fit into uh, Gotham or the story of Bruce Wayne at all, which obviously is completely wrong because that that part of it is definitely there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think it took me a while to watch it because I wasn't sure. I think from the same point of view as you were coming from, it being really excited about it, but building yourself up,
1: Mm -hmm. I was
0: I was expecting to be disappointed. I am. I'm glad now, having watched it, that I wasn't disappointed. That actually this fits very well into the Bat universe, and I think yeah, I I would like to see more of this Joker against a a Batman of some sort. Oh, me too. I think that that would be really interesting. They'd have to get the right person to play Batman against him, though.
2: Definitely. Um, you
0: know, it, I think uh, Michael Keaton versus Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton was always out of his depth. You know,
2: yeah.
0: He's he probably my favourite Batman, but against Jack Nicholson, he just doesn't <laughs> quite work sometimes. Um,
2: it's except not the same gets, gravitas.
0: No, no, except when he gets nuts, then it, it, yeah. it kind of works. <laughs> um, but, yeah, to play... <laughs>
2: yeah I know what you mean yeah uh,
0: but someone against Joaquin Phoenix Phoenix is going to be a really difficult role you're going to have to get a really good character a really good You'd actor ha- in there yeah I can't think You'd who ha- would play him
2: <laughs> no exactly it, it, it it's such slim pickings because Joaquin is such a pro yeah and he's such a powerhouse and a giant of acting yeah that you would ha- it just would fall flat if anyone is even slightly yeah. not on his wavelength i mean yeah. i'm thinking you know well, who would be potentially good as bruce wayne oh, maybe in on. the sequel yeah. is um <laughs> i mean i don't know how they're gonna work it because obviously no. we've seen in this joker that little we've actually met bruce wayne yes yeah. yeah right when um and so we it's sort of suggesting that there is a big age difference there yes between the two of them
0: which I think has, has always been implied in the, the comic books that um, well, Joker the, is
2: older. Joker
0: is a lot older. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure, but it's certainly been around that he, he's been around for longer. And certain, if you look at Gotham, yeah, he's definitely you know he's he's older there as well. So.
2: That's true. That's true. So maybe it's it could right. work. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm thinking of like Heath Ledger and Christian Slater, uh, sorry, Christian Bale. Yeah. They were roughly the same age. They didn't yeah. look that different yeah. in, in age. But yeah. um, I mean, this is just an idea, but I-, I thought maybe Leo DiCaprio as Batman Ooh. Just because in real life, yeah, um, in real life, Joaquin and Leo have had a bit of a rivalry the whole been, lives, yeah, yeah. Like they, um, I think Joaquin was always felt like he was one step behind in getting yeah. jobs yeah. because Leo was just such a he was just such a a lister and such a yes. like leading man yeah. icon yeah he was getting everything ahead yeah. of everybody else so there was this like I would say maybe healthy comp- competition between the two of them yeah. but Joaquin is darker you know he's yeah. he seems more on like more volatile emotionally and yeah. Leo is like a consummate professional you yeah, know yeah, yeah. He, he makes me think more of Bruce Wayne being this yeah. kind of like really put together guy who whatever has a manservant you know <laughs>
0: yeah yes
2: <laughs> um, someone
0: to look after him
1: yeah
2: someone to look after he's a very pampered guy yes, he, he is, probably yeah. has like manicures and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah you know and yeah. Joaquin is not that guy Joaquin no. is a true he really is a force of nature like even in real life he um he's a like an animal rights activist yeah. he is he's a bit of a wild card you know yeah yeah you know, yeah. actually, he and I have the same birthday.
0: Wow, you share birthdays yeah. with fucking. We share,
2: I share birthday with fucking. He's four years older than me. Right. <laughs> but but still, we I still get to say I have the same birthday. That,
0: that, that's <laughs> enough, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah, maybe maybe Leo. I mean, who would you like to see play Batman against oh. this Joker?
0: I don't know that. There's there's if you think about the Batmans that have been, um. I think Michael Keaton actually would be very good, but I think he's, yeah. he's getting on a bit now from what view. Um, although he is set to return, isn't he, as, as Batman in the next Flash movie. So oh, yeah. it could be interesting, because I think this is where DC are going with their universe. They, they're creating this multiverse that they can flick between and go, actually, all these things are happening at the same time.
2: Okay, And um, So,
0: yes. you know, there's no reason why Joaquin Phoenix's Joker can't be part of any of the other films that have been there
2: that's Um, exciting it
0: is you know it'd be interesting to see some of the other jokers together in in one film but that would be very different um especially I suppose based on there's been a comic recently of um the three jokers which shows that there are there's multiple jokers out there Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: why should there always be one joker be the same character there are different ones so that'd be interesting but I don't know um I'm I'm interested to see what Robert Pattinson does with um, Batman, and I think the age gap there would work.
2: That would work perfectly.
0: And some of the things that he's done recently, the indie stuff that he's done since sort of hitting it big and whatever else, this is mm-hmm. his sort of return to the big mainstream cinema. He he's a really interesting actor, and I think he, if he does it right when he does the Batman, uh, his Batman could work. And I think the age gap might be just right. I don't know.
2: Oh, I, I think yours is really inspired. I like yeah.
1: that.
0: I, I, I need to see what he's like as Batman first, because there's not been a lot. Um, I
2: know. I like the trailer. Shots.
0: Yeah. But there's still just not quite enough to know if he's, he's got <laughs> the chops properly, but he looks good.
2: <laughs> he looks good. He looks, looks he, good. Yeah. He fits the part in terms yeah. of his appearance. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I think I'm sold on your idea more. <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> no, and I think, you know, if they continue with this this whole multiverse idea, which is certainly where the comic books have gone now, because they've, they've just created this DC infinite, where uh, effectively the whole of the DC universe happens at the same time, always in all time periods. So if they want to do a comic book that is showing Batman from the 60s, they'll just put out the next issue, he'll be in the 60s. And it'll be that camp uh, Batman style, or if they want to go for the dark and <laughs> gritty eighties, it'll be that the next week. So,
1: wow, they're
0: jumping around it. They've got, they've got future characters in there now that are running alongside the, the characters we're used to. So different people as Batman, Superman, and everyone else. So it it's it's an interesting way DC are going with their whole comic book universe, and they're trying to pull that into the the films. Um, oh my
2: gosh, I really like that. It yeah. kind of. I like that it's it's so experimental because it makes me think of, um, it almost supports a lot of the theory around like quantum mechanics and time and the yeah. way that time actually works.
1: Yeah.
2: I like that.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think they've, they've done it because they've, they've not really hit the cinema the same way as Marvel did. And, okay. You know, MCU's been an amazing thing that came from a couple of films Then they've gone on to do what, 24, 25 films that have been massive box office successes, um, yeah. And when DC have tried to do it, they've just not really got it. Um, so I think what they've done is said, well, actually, what if we go, well, let's get all the different universes together and try and show something different. Um, the Flash movie sounds very interesting.
2: It does, doesn't it?
0: Showing Michael Keaton's, Michael Keaton's definitely in it. I think Ben Affleck's mm-hmm. in it. Um, and I believe Kevin Conroy's in it who was oh, okay. the voice of Batman in the animated series.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, he's going to show up as a really old Bruce, which could Whoa. be uh, being hinted that that'd be towards sort of Return of the Dark Knights so of Frank Miller. So oh. that'll be really interesting to see as well. So I don't know how that's all going to pan out, but it could I've, be good.
2: I'm looking forward to that.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it's really cool. Because I love that. I love the whole Gotham um, universe. I love. I really, really love the Batman. The old Batman comics. Mm. Um, I think my favorite. What's your favorite Batman comic?
0: Ah, it's probably Return of the Dark Knight.
2: Actually. Yeah, I was gonna say.
0: Yeah. Because that's just. It's. I don't know the way Frank Miller's written Batman in that, and the, all the, the comments he's making about America at that point. It's just put together so nicely, and I think it seeing an, an older, more weathered. Bruce Wayne and all the Batman that has kind of given up, but he's coming back for one last try is is yeah. really interesting. Yeah.
2: I love that one as well. Um, I really, also, I mean, I'll, I think I'd have to say for me, it's the killing joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Alan Moore. Yes. But also Arkham Asylum, um, Sirius House on Earth, on Sirius Earth. That's really good too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Arkham Asylum is an amazing piece of work i mean the artwork and that is just
2: yeah. Oh, stunning yeah it's beautiful um yeah i really that, love that kind of stuff
0: yeah that delves deep into a very dark and mysterious joker as well there's a yeah the joker that appears in that is i don't know very i suppose very similar to joaquin's joker in this that whole
2: yeah.
0: doesn't care anymore and just sees light in everything yeah
2: Mm. exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah. um and that's a very difficult villain to kind of bring to justice if they're telling you outright that they cannot be rehabilitated yes you know?
0: yes <laughs> which it's yeah it's always been batman's problem i suppose that he has all these major villains um, and <laughs> that can never be rehabilitated and just keeps picking them up and putting them back in arkham asylum um, right which is ah uh, is it I can't remember if it's Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight Strikes again now, but obviously that comes out that Batman then kills Joker
1: um,
0: and decides that's what he should have done many years ago because obviously Jason Todd would never have died, you know, Um, Barbara Gordon never been shot, all the different things that happened that Joker's done in his life would never have happened if he just, back in the early days, just (laughs) just killed him. Um, But I suppose they've always said Batman doesn't kill. That's his primary... thing isn't it
2: yeah he's the long he's a long arm of the law he's morality you know yes. but in a way th- that's what i love about um the dark knight you know christopher nolan's film that yeah. he's ledger's joker his whole motivation to live is to corrupt that man and yes. show yeah. him that like you know you're no better than any of us you yeah. could you know you to them, you're just a freak like me. That's what yes. he says, yes. you know? And when the chips are down, they'll turn on you as well, like yeah. they have on me. So his his whole day-to-day is an experiment in trying to get Batman to defy his own principles. Yeah. And he finds that hilarious. He thinks yeah. that's funny yeah. and amusing. Um, and it's, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's this... Con- um, continuous struggle for morality which is I, I i would say the dark knight is more a study of nihilism like nietzschean philosophy and nihilism okay yeah in terms of um rejecting society's code of morality and embracing your own morality yes whereas todd phillips's joker is more ap- absurdism right it's okay. more uh, focused on the laughter you know yeah, yeah. um but yeah i you know i still remember where i was when i heard that heath ledger died i was so upset yeah it really it really saddened me because he was such a brilliant talent and so gifted yeah he could have done so much more oh absolutely yeah yeah it's so sad he was only 28 years old I i
0: know it's crazy crazy taking too young definitely
2: definitely yeah. you know i mean i sometimes think imagine him in, in future you know um jokers performances yeah. and like what could have been you know and it's just i mean obviously he's left a great legacy yes yeah, inspired yeah. a lot of people including joaquin phoenix yeah but it is sad because he was like a young brando you know yeah he had that, he had that tortured gym, yeah. Yeah. thing going on
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much more he would have done in his career had he had he lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not just from a, a Batman point of view. I think he, he could have gone on to do lots of really meaty roles in, all, oh, in later definitely. life. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, the sky would have been the limit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe it's in the... an alternate universe, we see well, him yeah. you know, live longer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, possibly. Just unfortunately, we won't see it. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> Unless there's coherence, then we can enter that other parallel reality and oh. like...
0: <laughs> now we're getting scary. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. <laughs> Going to another universe, yeah. Right, yeah, well, we'll <laughs> see what happens, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's just um, thinking about the whole Batman-Joker thing. It's, uh, Batman is definitely the... It's, it's the yin and yang thing, isn't it? That They are mm-hmm. two sides of the same coin, almost.
1: Yes, um, they are.
0: Batman's the dark side and or, or the, the light dark, but the Joker's the the other side of that, the evil side, I suppose. Yeah. They always will fight against each other. I think that's why they've it's probably why he's endured as a, a comic villain for so long. You know, yeah. to to be around for I mean, Batman's been around for 8 years as well, but for his main villain to also been around for the same amount of time and have the same amount of love I suppose from the 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 comic buying press, the fact that he gets his own film.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, in fact, I think he's the only comic book film that's actually had his own comic book. Yeah. Um, which is a testament to, I suppose, that that character and the way he's been written. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to the the, the film, because
2: yeah, we've,
0: we've strayed away to, to <laughs> some great stuff there, to be honest. but um, when Arthur's got a... There's this relationship with uh, Sophie, the girl down the hall. Mm. Um, obviously, it, it's shown as being it's a, a not a real relationship because they, they do do a sort of backpedal um, towards the end after he's, he's broken into her apartment. And then you sort of see a very quick glimpse of all of the times he was with her. Mm. Um, how much do you think of Arthur's life That we see on screen is actually in his head
2: (laughs) that's a really good question because there's been so so. (laughs) many i mean that there's been so many theories put forward about what is actually real in this movie and what's just his dream life and fantasy because i mean some people even claim that the entire film from start to, to, to finish Never happened. He was just in Arkham Asylum the entire time, thinking yeah. and laughing about various scenarios.
0: Well, I, I did think of that as well because the the first scene you see him talking to someone, um, I think it it's like a social worker or whatever it is he's talking to. And it does that laughing scene, yeah, that is mirrored at the very end in Arkham Asylum.
2: Exactly. Um,
0: he, I think she does say, "and Would you not have been better off if you were still locked up?" Um. um yeah. And you do kind of think, well, was he just locked up the whole time? Um, I don't know.
2: It certainly lends itself to that theory. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I do think that... Um, yeah, I think it's very... I think if you if you only follow logic and facts, yeah. you you, you can, you'll probably end up in that in that kind of realm where you think, well, actually this is just a very unwell disturbed man, you yeah. know, who is incarcerated because he is criminally insane. Yes, yeah. And this is he, he's just constructed this entire narrative and none of it is real. Right. But I actually think that I like I like the idea better of him yes being sort of on a on a men, mental health decline because yeah. he's, you know he's no longer taking his meds
0: yes yeah he says he, he that doesn't of, he yeah
2: you know because of because ultimately because of austerity because you know his social yeah. worker says they're cutting the budget for yeah. their, for your care yeah. you know
0: i can't see you anymore we're closing down yeah
2: you know yeah everything must go kind of thing mm. you know mm. and um it is this sort of like it's also set in the early 80s which is the start of the kind of rate you know, Ronald Reagan's yes. economics of neoliberalism, where yeah. it's kind of privatizing everything and investing absolutely nothing in the public sector. Yeah. Kind of letting people fend for themselves. And if you recall, um in those days, I mean, and actually in the, in real life, in those days, in the early in early 80s New York City, yeah, it, it was a very dangerous place, you know, <laughs> like there was
1: I can
0: imagine,
2: yeah. <laughs> garbage piling up everywhere. Yeah. There, there there were Um, the whole super rats thing was a real thing you know Um, it was like the plague almost Um, and it just because there was this lack of investment in 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 society and it would became a bit of a kind of chaotic place a jungle where you had a concrete jungle where you had to fend for yourself so I quite prefer the the idea that you know this decline in society has contributed to Arthur's decline in his mental health
1: Hmm. and the
2: fact that he does target those wall street guys on the train is a very direct link with their role in economics and the fact that they are kind of the role that wall street played in new york city in those days was very vulturistic it was sort of funneling money from the poor to the rich and they were laughing at him because he was just yeah. this kind of dispossessed guy on the train. And he felt he had to direct his rage at them because they were part of the problem.
0: But does he purposely direct his rage at them or is it just that, you know, it, it, it's happenstance that he's in the same place. You know, they're, they're yeah. obviously hitting on that girl across the the train to them, um, mm-hmm. offering her French fries and then throwing them at her and she walks away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she gives him a, gives a couple of, knowing looks more than anything mm-hmm. else, sort of come and help me. Um, and then they start picking on him once she's gone because he obviously gets embarrassed and starts his laughter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I don't I don't know if he whether he actually does purposely target Wall Street or whether it's just
2: no you're right. He doesn't look more it, than else. It, It's more like um it's more circumstantial yeah. that they happen to be um but it's it's the fact that they It's the fact that he did kill them. Yes, I think that signifies something. It sort of punctures through on identifying the the villainous force in the place that contributed to his mental health. Yeah, yeah. Or mental illness. Yeah. Um, So you're right. I don't think he has any ideological leanings whatsoever. He's sort of a very... He's sort of politically apathetic. I mean, he actually even says... I don't believe in anything. Yeah. You know? he,
0: he says that a few times, doesn't he? he? doesn't believe he's not part of the political protest. He's just, yeah. <laughs> just him. It's just yeah.
2: him. Yeah. So I prefer, I kind of prefer the idea that really the only thing he is delusional about is his girlfriend. That, that really yeah. this woman across, you know, the hall or whatever, wherever he lives, you know, in, in the apartment building, yeah. um, his neighbor Yeah, maybe they did share a lift one time. Yes. But I think from that moment on, it was all in his head. I I really believe that um, that might just be the only thing he's exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: Because we know that he's prone to escaping into his own inner world. Because he does also think, he does imagine himself being on the Arthur um, sorry, on the Murray Franklin show. Yes, yeah. He imagines himself being a guest. He yeah. imagines himself all. You know, he he's a daydreamer. Yes, <laughs> he's yeah. really like. Yeah. Um, he's sort of this very imaginative guy who. I mean, actually, it was nice that he did have that rent-a-clown job because he was yes, good at it.
0: He was, yeah.
2: <laughs> he was a good clown. Yeah,
0: because even when he drops the the gun in the hospital,
2: his I his know.
0: his recovery from that is is brilliant and very in character the way he just sort of scrambles across picks it up and puts his fingers his lips like it's a secret um and the kids great. just seem to look at yeah it, he's very good at doing what he does isn't he yeah
2: yeah he is yeah he's got that kind of um physicality and yeah. that knowledge of his movements and stuff that make him a really good clown he's a much yeah. better clown than he is a stand-up comic <laughs> well that's true <laughs> yes yeah
0: yeah <laughs> I was just going to say, his only performance as a stand-up comic, which is the one that Murray uses to <laughs> embarrass him, really, in his head, because he's on his date with the girl across the, the hall, mm. that goes really well. After he, he's an initial sort of not being able to get any words out because he's laughing, mm-hmm. when he starts telling jokes, it sounds like the audience all start laughing, and yeah. you then you flick to Sophie, and she's laughing along as well. So I guess in his head he had a really good performance there yeah. but then the real performance is what the Sean Murray show is mm. is a very different thing
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly that's so it's kind of tragic isn't it because yeah. he really willed it to be good and he yeah. will you know he was lonely and he was hoping to have you know a beautiful girlfriend yes he sort of willed it for himself yes but the harsh reality of what really happened comes crashing in you know and it is so painful when he goes to that lady's apartment and we realize what's what's going on
0: yeah I, I was taken aback by that actually because when he went in the way she came out of the bedroom kind of like what are you doing here and, and I think it's she asks <laughs> doesn't she say something like aren't you called Arthur
1: yeah and it's like
0: we, you were going out with him. You went on a big date with him. Surely you know he's called Arthur and where he lives. So, yeah.
2: And she says something like, "Um, you've got the wrong apartment." Yeah. You know, and it's just, and she she worries about her little girl sleeping in the next Absolutely. room. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you realize, oh my God, they are strangers. He yeah. doesn't really know this woman at all. He's no. just come in here, and yeah, you, you it, 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 I think he did. Uh, Todd Phillips did a really good job of showing us that he is an unreliable narrator
0: absolutely yeah 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 because it, it, that's exactly what he is um, showing then the parts where he was unreliable as well
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it it still leaves you wondering whether other parts were unreliable or whether it was just <laughs> that part but i don't i don't know i
2: know exactly it's just that's why i because i kept seeing people say like when Joker 2 was announced yeah. and they were already working on the screenplay now, yeah. um, people kept saying, like, we don't need another Joker 2. One is enough. <laughs> and I'm like, speak for yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm over here. He's only just getting started. Absolutely, he's only just yeah. he's only yeah. just come into his own as, as the crime boss. I want to yeah. see what he does next.
0: Well, we've, we've got to see his interaction with Bruce Wayne. Um, yes. Because there's got to be more to that part as well. Or, or, unless there's is in his mind as well. Because he, he does have a, at some point a picture of, I assume it's his mum as a young girl. Um, mm-hmm. and on the back it says with love or oh, love that smile, TW love that smile. Um, and TW presumably is Thomas Wayne. So <laughs> how much how much is there in that? Is, uh, you know, <laughs> did Thomas Wayne just want to sort of sweep it under the carpet and mm-hmm. made it look like he was adopted? Or is there, is it all been in Penny's head the whole time.
2: Yeah, it sort of implies that there really was a, a romantic involvement yeah. there. And so imagine that, like, you know, the Joker and Bruce Wayne are actually brothers.
0: Yeah, which I'm, I can't remember. I'm sure there is a story where they've done that. Yeah? I'm sure there is. I can't remember what it was called, but I'm sure I've, I've read something where Ooh, that, that's, that's interesting. the way it ended up, that he was a legitimate son of Thomas Wayne.
2: Oh, Um, wow.
0: It might have been after the. uh, They went through a whole thing of doing the. They killed Bruce Wayne off and they did the death of Bruce Wayne. Yes. And then he came back um, after Dick Grayson had taken over as Batman for a while. And I'm sure Thomas Wayne came back into it then.
2: Oh, yeah. Because he
0: hadn't been dead all along, apparently. But I'm sure something in that.
2: Oh, interesting. Implied
0: certainly some sort of relationship between them. Yeah.
2: Oh, my gosh, it, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> It'll be interesting
0: to see. I mean, I know the, the, the mock-up posters I've seen for Joker 2, they've got the, the puppet um, thing from the top of the Godfather films
1: Yeah,
2: has been placed
0: on it. I don't know whether they're going to sort of make this almost a Godfather-esque type
2: oh, wow! Thing where he is
0: a, a gangland boss. Oh, my
1: God. Or I love it.
0: Or maybe just bring in the gangland bosses that they've got in Gotham anyway that have always been explored and and show them against Falcone and whatever else and see what happens with that. don't know.
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, it is such fertile um, ground for really imaginative thinking and kind of repurposing a lot of that um, comic book material. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think Um, Todd Phillips had said originally he wanted to do a, a a dark DC universe where he, mm-hmm. he did origin stories of all of the major villains
1: oh, wow. in this
0: this dark way. So see, you know, a different version of Lex Luthor even. And <laughs> his life would be what made him become the yeah. the megalomaniac that he is. Um, and there's plenty of other, <laughs> you know, you go through Batman's road gallery, there's, there's an awful lot of characters in there that have got that same darkness to them that you could do a lot with.
1: They could do my
0: job. We got this videotape from Pogo's Comedy Club right here in Gotham. Here's a guy who thinks if you just keep laughing, it'll somehow make you funny. Check out this joke. I
2: hated school as a kid, but my mother would always say, You should enjoy it. One day you'll have to work for a living.
0: No, I won't, ma. I'm going to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to your mother.
2: Was watching the animated series. Yeah. Recently again and <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's <is. laughs> it's so funny and um I really hope that there you know I mean, I know that obviously in Suicide Squad, we've seen Harley Quinn yeah, yeah. and I saw like the Birds of Prey, which I really didn't like. I thought it was cringy. Yeah. (laughs) And it was embarrassing because I don't like the idea of like, you know, this sort of very reductive, um, very kind of bourgeois feminist approach of you know we're we're gonna get harley to forget about her boyfriend yeah, and she's yeah. just gonna be like super powerful no yeah. that's not how it works she no. made a commitment she was a psychiatrist yeah. working at arkham and she fell in love with the joker and she yeah. transformed herself to be like him
0: yes you yes. can't take
2: that away from her no. you know no.
0: that, i mean that um, that is that is harley quinn isn't it? that's, in that's harley quinn psychology yeah
2: yeah. yeah it's her whole psychology like yeah. she is she's sort of like I guess in a way a chameleon in that way
1: yeah
2: um and it doesn't mean that she's oppressed or something because she did that yeah. she 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 wanted to do that that was her desire I don't like this kind of co-option of her character the way it's, I feel like too many liberties have been taken yeah so maybe in Joker 2 if there could be a role maybe a possibility for harley Quinn but as she's oh. meant to be, Yeah, that would
0: be cool. Yeah, that that she is, does anything for the Joker. I mean, she would live or die for him. That is the whole point. Exactly.
2: She's his ride or die girlfriend, you know? And that's what we want to see. We want to see someone who um, is rooting for him because nobody else is bloody rooting for (laughs) him. Poor Arthur, he does need like someone loyal, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, he
0: does, he gets that through the, um, the other, I suppose, the people of Gotham who rise up because of what he's done—that yes. he gets that adoration—that I suppose he always wanted—and um, he gets to be the star because of that.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
0: Yeah, and the, I think that's—I guess—that's the route they're going to go down with the second film. That that gang that he's going to create. Um, yeah. But you know, they, they've explored that in many different ways. You know, the 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 batman beyond which takes us to the the future gotham the -hmm. the gangs that run around the future gotham are are modeled on joker um
2: yeah so there's a whole
0: gang that are just dressed as joker all the time and that's (laughs) that's his legacy i suppose
2: for sure yeah kind of like the beginning of the dark Knight when they were with the bank um you know robbery and stuff
1: yeah um
2: Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, I definitely, I just want to see him in his element committing crimes, you know? Um,
0: (laughs) uh... (laughs) Which is really weird, (laughs) because you're rooting for the villain there, aren't you?
2: (laughs) I I really am. I have a lot of sympathy for him. Um, I kind of, you know, like the fact that he is such a provocation in the culture. Yes. And, And he's a good force for cinema, you know? Cinema needs to continued that spirit of the prankster you know the jokester we, we it's, it's good it keeps audiences on their toes you know we're not kind of constantly pacified and in, infantilized and told what's good and bad you know yeah. we, we it's good to be in a space where we're not sure where we stand
0: yeah I think and it, it does that really well and yeah it is I suppose to a certain extent you're glorifying crime in that point but the the joke has always been that character yeah he himself glorifies what he does he loves what he does and he he actually he's really good at what he does (laughs) even though it's obviously very wrong what he does um and it's interesting to see that and I think that's probably why as a a character in the comic books he's lasted so long because he, he does it so well he yeah. does
2: i mean actually the best example of that excessive relishing and taking joy and pure pleasure yeah. from what he does is jack nicholson oh you yeah. know yeah like he is he the bombastic performance yeah. and the spectacle like he loves it
0: yeah yeah what's this <laughs> there's some some line in it I can't, i'll try and try and paraphrase it. it's my like, winged freak terror, terrorizes like a load of me Shows exactly what the Joker is. It's like, yeah, okay, there's this guy, this Batman guy, but look at me, I'm great. Um, (laughs) Jackson definitely thinks a lot of himself in that film, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: There's a line in it where he says, I've been dead once already. It's very liberating if you think of it as therapy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's brilliant because he's really saying like, I it is a, it, i mean that's kind of what happens to arthur fleck and joker yes. like he, yeah. he is the end of his life as arthur he does die like he does yes. kind of sort of compartmentalize and move on from that and becomes yeah. he just embraces this new persona of joker yeah. that's his therapy yeah. you know yeah. these social workers and psychiatrists they can't do anything for him no <laughs> you know, no like- no. i think
0: he's long gone <laughs> isn't he <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, mean, I i suppose from that hmm. first sort of violent outburst on the the train where he shoots the three wall Street guys
2: yeah um
0: it's that that leads him down that path to actually yeah. I, I can't be saved now um, a, yeah. through the killing Randall I mean that the, killing these um Randall in in the apartment is a uh, I think that's probably the the goriest moment in it
1: yes. where he attacks
0: him with the scissors and stabs him in the eye and whatever else it's
1: yeah but
0: that is that is so joker I suppose that is what you see in in comic books, whenever he's unhappy with someone, he just kills them because that's yeah. what the Joker does. Um yeah. whether it's his right hand man or someone just on the street that he meets.
2: Yeah. and
0: um, he has no no value to human life, I suppose, from that point. No. Of
2: view. That, he has no filter.
0: No, not at all. No, if he doesn't like someone, just catch them. Yeah.
2: Not at all. He's a very impulsive guy. Yeah. Um, which I also love when you know the Jack Nicholson scene um you know the whole party man sequence yes. do you remember yes
0: that's brilliant. oh it's
2: so good yeah. it's so good and yeah. I feel like that's what we I want to see that phase <laughs> of you know this joker you know him going through that kind of excessive yeah. party man bombastic performer and spectacle creator you know because he's very good at that yeah well
0: it's definitely there isn't it the whole the whole way when he gets up off the bonnet of the police car at the end there and he does yeah. his dance to the you know the crowd are cheering him on and willing him to rise and he gets up and he, po- he strikes his pose at the end it's it's, definitely oh, it's there, so isn't it? cool
2: that, that yeah is he's there. just getting started and then it finished
0: yes yeah no <laughs> but obviously yeah, he, yeah. It, it's that riot that leads to i suppose to the birth of batman as well because yeah. they, they purposely show that crime alley scene where Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne get shot in front of Bruce, That's um, right. which is a, a one of a better, a better ways of showing that death of Bruce's parents. Um, it's, I think it's one thing that the Batman film with Jack Nicholson got wrong showing Jack Nicholson's killing That's right. Bruce's parents. I think it never quite works that the Joker killed his parents, but for his actions to make it possible gives Mm. Batman a reason to hate the Joker without the Joker actually really caring about Bruce.
2: Wow. That is so true. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, I, yeah. When that's, you know, obviously Batman's origin story was depicted. Yeah. Yeah. um, it it does confirm that is whether because there's all there's a lot of debate you know who really killed his parents was it yes. just a henchman was it someone yeah. inspired in a in a riot or was it the Joker you know who really yeah. did it but ultimately it it's all blurs into one it's it's an ideology that did it. yeah yeah you know
0: well I mean, um, I mean like like Joker himself there are plenty of origin stories for for Bruce Wayne becoming Batman they all. Have the same thing that his parents get shot in that alley, but the person who did it has changed through time from so many different people.
2: Exactly. Um,
0: so it, it's it's interesting just see someone who's a, a kind of nobody, yeah, um, do it on the back of a riot. Yeah, yeah,
2: it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, it makes it even more senseless, you yes. know, because he just did it for laughs. He said, "You get what you fucking deserve."
0: Yes, which, um, just, which is it, what. He pretty, which Thomas Wayne had pretty much said uh, in his interview without the, the fucking word in it, but he'd said the same yeah. thing hadn't he, in his interview, that they'll get what they deserve.
2: They get what they deserve. And then yeah. Arthur Flex said that before he shot Murray as yes. well. Yes, yeah. And so it is just this continuous, almost mantra, you know, yeah. Um, that makes it almost very... It, that's what kind of lends it this mythological feeling, the whole yeah. of what goes on in Gotham city. Like it's one big Greek tragedy, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <it> is. <laughs> you know, no matter what people try and do, like try as they might, they might do their very best and to, to work against their darker impulses, but there's something else much bigger than them that's dominating their, their destiny. And mm-hmm. they, there's like swimming, swimming against the tide. There's nothing yeah. they can do about that.
0: Yeah, but I think that's, that goes back to what I was saying before—that that Gotham is itself is always a character within these Absolutely. things. I think Gotham is the Gotham's the monster that everyone's actually fighting against. <laughs> um, and some people go one way, and some people go another way. And yeah. Joker's gone the bad way, and Batman's kind of gone the good way, I suppose. But
2: yeah,
0: yeah. They're, they're all they're fighting the same the same goal, I suppose. They're both trying to get Gotham to be a a place that people can live in. Just one wants it to be a Utopia, and one wants it to be a, a hell,
2: a dystopia. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> wow. that's 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 cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite deep business. <laughs> yeah, very deep. <laughs>
0: well, the the best Batman stories always are. Absolutely. Um, which is, I think, what I think is one of the reasons why people had a problem with this film, is that I think people still see uh Batman as being it's a comic book so mm-hmm. it's for kids so how mm-hmm. can you do a film that is you know rated 16 plus um when it's for kids because it's just it's a book for kids so don't make it so dark and don't make it <laughs> because it shouldn't be um, i mean batman's always been the darkest of the dc characters for sure um certainly in the 80s the the batman comics being produced in the 80s were the proper dark comics they, they had to have Absolutely. you know for mature readers on them and whatever else um so it's a very different story. When you go back to this the early ones, um with Robin the Boy Wonder and things, it's it's very different. But he he, he went very dark, and the Joker followed him down that dark path, or yeah. he took him down that dark path. I don't know which it was, but
2: mm-hmm. there's been
0: lots of very dark Joker stories. Oh,
2: um, for sure. I mean, Batman is it's people, I think maybe. People who aren't that knowledgeable about the comics mm. think that Batman is this decent, good guy, and yes. that's you know f- full stop kind of thing. Well, they but they he's not realize- Yeah, exactly. They think he's Adam West, this, like, really <laughs> earnest, clean-cut guy. Yeah. But the truth is, Batman is a hot mess. Like oh. he is. Yeah. He he is a very conflicted guy, and he yeah. has a lot of problems. Yeah. That he doesn't externalize the same way the villains do yes he represses a lot of stuff yeah. and he has a lot of trauma obviously i mean with his parents getting killed in front of him so th- that's the thing it's it's not this uh cozy little story it's something really dark and 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 really twisted oh yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean his, his um, origin story itself is is the darkest origin story I think there are for any heroes to have your parents shot in cold blood in front of you
2: Mm -hmm. and be
0: just left with the two bodies in in an alley is, is it's going to cause all sorts of psychological trauma anyway. So for sure, you know, it's different to Superman. He's just, yes, he's lost his whole planet, but he didn't know them. He was shot off into space as a baby and actually had a pretty good life in Smallville before (laughs) becoming a hero. So yeah, there's very different parts to the stories, isn't there? Yeah.
2: definitely and what really kind of um heartens me is that even with all of the negative press around this joker movie you know even with i mean just starting from uh the 4th of april 2019 when the first trailer released i remember yeah. that day it was a very important <laughs> day for me
0: <laughs> you'd be waiting for it hadn't you
2: i was i was like counting down the days and then i started w- <laughs> watching and re-watching the trailer anyway from that moment so imagine so from the 4th of april 2019 to the 4th of october 2019 that's yep. six months yeah six full months yeah People were losing their minds. They yeah. thought that this Joker movie was going to come and like annihilate all life on earth. Like, yeah, yeah. they thought that this was going to like create mass shootings in movie theaters. Yeah. I mean, and fair enough. I mean, there had been that incident where a guy came in to a movie theater in the States. I think it was for the Dark Knight Rises. Yes,
0: it was. Yeah.
2: He was not dressed as the, as the Joker. No. Like, just, you know, people like to say that he was, that he yeah, was not. He wasn't, no. He, he just was wearing a wig like a yeah. red wig yeah. and it is tragic that he did that but that's Absolutely, part of a yeah. bigger ma- bigger problem in america with 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 mass shootings i mean yes. that was not an isolated incident no, it, it's, it's part not, of the pattern no no but people wanted to people are always looking for something to blame and they yeah. wanted to blame this movie and they thought yeah. that this was a rallying call for all incels everywhere to start shooting the everywhere yeah. up yeah. but it was so funny to me with all the think pieces and all the sort of moralizing and um, the kind of very uh, annoying culture and discourse around these things. In the end, the the only thing that happened was fans rejoicing and going to the movie theater in their droves yeah. to watch this movie. On yeah. a, a, made on a budget of fifty five million dollars, yeah. it made a billion dollars. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was huge. Like, yeah,
2: it is. I mean, it recouped not just its production costs, but also a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean. Um, that's an Oscar nomination.
0: Oscar nominations Oscar and nomination, winning all and, and all the awards it got. It, it's massive, isn't it? Which Imagine I guess is why they've got to do a sequel because
2: they've got to do a sequel. Yeah. you know. But it's like they with with the the kind of aftermath of the film. Yeah, wasn't anything dark or sinister. It was no, not at all. It was fans get dressing up, wearing the Joker. Makeup and dancing down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, that was the big cultural, you know, ramification of this movie. And I think that is hilarious. (laughs) I remember, yeah, people dancing. It was a big festival, you know? I mean, I remember the only bat, because I read a lot of the press cuttings from this reactions and, Mm. you know, cinema audiences and stuff. And there was one incident where a guy was uh, had to be removed by security because he smoked an, a cigarette in the screening. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that I was know,
0: the worst I thing know. that happened.
2: <laughs> yes, that was the worst thing that happened, you know? Sending thoughts Gosh. and prayers to everyone <laughs> <laughs> affected by the smoker.
0: It was probably it was at like... the back anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I just yeah. think, you know... Gosh i i find that very funny and it, it's yeah. such a great redemption story for this movie and i'm kind of show, showing the naysayers that they really a lot of the people who like to make these comments and yeah. write these think pieces they are not cinephiles they no, are no. looking to make a name for themselves yeah. in the kind of world of critics or whatever and they're trying yeah. to um have a definitive voice or something or seem like an authority on on something when they're not film yeah. fans know what's up we know yeah. what's good and we enjoy and appreciate that so yeah. for all those reasons and i as you said the financial incentive is there yes. to make a second <laughs> <point>. <laughs> <Absolutely>, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean that's part of a whole bigger uh, topic um about how people think that violence in films breeds violence outside of films oh, yeah. which it, it I don't think it is the case. I think it is Not people at all. people blame what they see. Um but they do the same for gaming as well, you know, they, they blame yes. games, you know, children playing games shooting things. It, I don't know if it's right that children of a certain age should be playing these shooting games, but I don't mm-hmm. think it makes them go out and buy a gun and go out and and wipe out a load of people. But, no,
2: it doesn't. I mean that's that theory's already been debunked. Yeah. Um with so many studies that show that this simply doesn't happen. No. You know, um, there is no link between seeing violent things and having then the urge to go out and commit violence. Yeah, I- I've seen this count and count time again. Um, p- as you say, people needing something to blame. Yeah, I remember when yeah. uh, reading an interview with Stanley Kubrick where he felt. I mean, he felt really pressured to actually remove uh, clockwork orange from the cinemas all oh, right because he i mean he didn't want to do that obviously no. but he was getting death threats which is so ironic isn't it it's, the people yeah. who are so concerned about yeah. copycat violence then turning to the director yeah. and like, threatening violence, against, threatening him
0: violence and his, against
2: him yeah his daughters you know it's yeah, it so, doesn't make sense it, does it yeah <laughs> <it's just> so, <laughs> but he actually just said you know that uh, the truth is you could show someone the most disturbing things. And if they simply don't have the urge to commit that type of hostility, yeah. they're not going to do it. Yeah, You know, the same person, like, or, or rather a different person who we know has a, a history of violence. Yeah. If you ask them what caused, you know, what caused that urge to do it? I doubt they're going to say, because it's because I watched a violent movie. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. No. No, I, mean, I, I personally don't buy into that at all. No. I think it's just nonsense.
0: No, I mean I've watched a lot of horror films and a lot of action films and gory films, whatever else. I've never felt the need to go out and dismember anyone or anything like that. So it's not it's not something that's on my <laughs> radar at all.
2: Definitely not. Exactly. I know I get you. I'm with you. I've i probably maybe even been desensitized, maybe Possibly, to some point. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's more what's happened. I'm just desensitized. Yeah. I don't get as scared as I used to get if, because I've just watched so many horror films. But it's a very different thing to, to then make that huge leap and say, yeah. you're now you're going to go out and commit violence. I mean, it's yeah. just well, silly.
0: Do you know, you, you can watch the 10 o'clock news and see things that are far worse than are in any Absolutely. films that I've ever seen. And that's, that's real life. So
2: That's real life.
0: You know, there's, there's worse things going on than what we make up as fiction. In fact, fiction has to come from somewhere yeah so th- what we're showing on the cinema is just some sort of fictionalized version of real life anyway so these definitely. things that go on in real life are far worse than anything we're going to put on the screen so yeah, yeah
2: definitely Could I, get yeah. really deep in that can we <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure I mean I think that those statements are made by people who just don't know how psychology yeah. affects people you know so um it's so easy. It's such an easy target to say it's, that let's we should ban things. Yes. You know, when you ban something, you just push it underground, you yeah. know? That's yeah. all you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not gonna go away.
0: No, no, it's not. I mean, people are still <laughs> always gonna make them. The whole, absolutely. The we'll think back in the, the you know the 80s with video nasties and things in this country.
2: Yeah. It didn't
0: stop people making video nasties. It just For sure. put them underground and made it, you know, something that people wanted to watch more. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. like with, with kids, you stick a label in front of an album that says parental advisory and every kid wants to buy that album because
2: <laughs> it's forbidden.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to see the X-rated movie and whatever else.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, actually, I think it more, what's more important is to create uh, um, platforms for dialogues the, like the one, the one we are having now. Yeah where we're kind of looking deeply at these symbols and questioning them and kind of reinterpreting them. That's a that's a much better method of coming to terms with the violence that, that will exist, whether you like it or not. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, there's, there's always going to be that violence in the world because that's the way human beings are, I suppose. Yeah. So, talking to people about it is far better than saying you can't do that because...
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: Agreed. Why should you go back
0: the way I suppose cinema was back in the the early days where you had to show a nice, happy ending always and everyone (sighs) was smiles, yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, one other thing I will just say about the sequel, you know, just in terms of speculating about the casting, because there is a rumor going around that um, Mm. even though, yes, of course, they're working on the script, it's all been agreed upon, there's yeah. a rumor saying that um, it, Joaquin won't come back as this Joker. It will be recast. No. Now, I know this is a very disturbing thing to think about. I don't even want to consider somebody else as this Joker. But wow. the, re- the that rumor is based on the on the fact that Joaquin has been on record to say he doesn't do sequels. He never has. He Was has he this...
0: He you, no. no, he hasn't as you,
2: no. he he has said before that he... He he's made a promise and a vow to never make a sequel. He just moves on. Right um, now, he I I feel like he ha- he will have to make an exception here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think so. <laughs> I think so. I hope so.
2: I mean, obviously, like you could say cynically, like, what about the money? And like, yes, that's very attractive, but that's not the point. I think the the reason that he the biggest reason he will have to come back to this role mm. is because he was he made such a powerful connection with the fans when this movie yeah. came out. Yeah. He would go to the, to like movie theaters in LA yeah. and just surprise audiences who had walked in to see wow. the Joker. <laughs> I, imagine that, like that would have yeah. been really cool. <laughs> would
0: have, <laughs> yeah. He couldn't watch it and Joaquin Phoenix walks in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. just a punter as a punter, not even as a guy introducing the film or he, he's not there with like team Warner brothers or anything yeah. like that. It's just, he just wants to see wow. everybody just watching
0: their reactions.
2: Yeah, just a very yeah. sweet, like, authentic reason to be there. Yeah. So I think, and and I think he's just got so much love and respect that I think he that might be just the one thing that will motivate him to come back. Because yeah. He loves the fans.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's created this character that that version of Joker, as you know, as we've talked about all the the bits that he ad libbed and put in himself and improvised. Yeah. He he is that character, he so you get somebody him. else to play it. it, it
1: doesn't work. work,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I something tells me that that is that may have been a rumor, but it's just not accurate because I doubt that Todd Phillips would have agreed to write another script if Joaquin was not attached to it. Yeah, I, I,
0: I can't see that happening. I, no. Yeah, I, I don't think it would work. It just wouldn't work, would it? It would just wouldn't work. Else,
2: it made no sense
0: unless you say that that Joker. That this is a different Joker that's um, inspired by Arthur Fleck, who then becomes the Joker. And you then do some sort of origin story like the Joker's had in the comics where you have chemicals or whatever else. And you do it inspired by Arthur Fleck from that point of view, and he becomes a different character.
2: Then it would work.
0: Yeah, that's the only way you could do it
2: that's the only way you could do it because you can't have that person step into arthur no. fleck's shoes no
0: it can if you're going to do a sequel where Joaquin's not in it 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 can't be arthur fleck that is the joker it's got to be somebody else
2: it has to be
1: yeah but because I-
2: if they if they if they choose the, the you know if they try and bring some other guy and say hey everybody okay well the part of arthur fleck will now be played by whatever jared yeah. leto or something oh
1: god don't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, I think that's the real scenario where, where you will get the riding on the streets. Oh, like yeah. that will be that will unleash mass violence yeah. like, I, across I, the globe.
0: Yeah. I, I could not understand his his portrayal of Joker and Suicide Squad. Just no. That, that's not my Joker.
2: Oh, that's your least favorite.
0: I think so, yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I just. No, no.
2: For, yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's fair. I think in the kind of rankings of the Joker, his is for, maybe the last one for me as well.
1: Yeah. The
2: yeah. one the, the one kind of interesting aspect of it that I kind of liked was that he was, um, he almost kind of made me think of like a younger Jack Nicholson in terms of par- a party animal, like a. Clemson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's an element of that to him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but it was, it just doesn't even kind of close to the sublime performance of jack like that's yeah yeah i think it's
0: just it's it's all the that tattoos and the metal teeth and it just (laughs) i i couldn't understand why why they were doing that to joker so it it didn't seem you know the joker's look is so iconic anyway why do you need to do anything else to it to make him so different i don't know the green hair white makeup's enough (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. Keep it simple. Yeah. It's more about the character than maybe the sort of outward appearance. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So please welcome Joker.
1: right, Doctor?
0: Well, that was quite an entrance. There's great nods back to, I mean, there's the the scene on Murray Franklin's show where Joker comes in and he kisses the sex therapist. That's which right. Which is straight back from Dark Knight Returns, where Joker does exactly yeah. the same thing. Um, the difference being that obviously he's got the Joker toxin lipstick on and, and kills her, but... <laughs> Uh, but that is—it's almost a panel for panel shot of how it's done in the the comic book, So
2: yes, it is.
0: Yeah, it was interesting that they decided to choose that that bit, I suppose, and and do that. But,
2: I know. I mean, it just kind of going back to different aspects of the film that were awarded. Not just obviously. I mean, Todd Phillips—he did get an Oscar nom. He yeah, he did. Yeah, obviously. But Joaquin won everything. Yeah. But also the the composer. Yes, uh, she she won she she won every award she was nominated for. Yeah, yeah. And her her music was so moving. I felt like the music was just, um, it fitted so well. And I think the it reason did. why is because Todd Phillips made sure that he always had that the 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 music playing on set.
1: Ah, right.
2: While Joaquin was there, so that he was always aware of the sound. And how it was sort of informing his movements. Yeah. Because he said that um, when he did lose all that weight, I mean, I think he lost 80 pounds. Wow.
0: That's a lot, isn't it?
2: That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And so when he lost that weight, he said that he just gained a new awareness of his movements. Right. So suddenly he was very conscious of just a slight movement of a hand or an arm or his back or how he like posed or so having that music constantly there yeah is a really kind of inspired way of yeah making the performer conscious of that auditory kind of sensation that then we experience as viewers
0: yeah it's it's an interesting way of of shooting it that you have the music playing whilst the actors are on set because that's that's not something i've heard of them doing particularly before normally they're all conducted in later and the music goes about later so yeah
2: yeah i mean of course it was like then digitally uh, added so that the sound yeah. was isolated and everything um but he, but the director really wanted that music to be
1: there constantly
2: Ooh. be right there present in the scenes that were being performed so that um especially the kind of movement scenes like the bathroom yeah. scene you know yeah. I mean he said that they would have never achieved that spontaneous reaction that bodily movement yeah um of him like in the bathroom dancing yeah I if wonder they if they were, I wonder yeah. if they were playing
0: rock and roll part two as he was walking down the stairs <laughs> <and laughs> whether that was just
2: <laughs> oh my god that's so funny I have to say like I've seen this movie many times. Yeah. I saw it four times when it first released. Uh, I went kept going back to the cinema and seeing it. Yeah. And I was like const- I was like every time I got to the scene when he was in the bathroom, yeah, dancing, I yeah. always cried. Every and yeah. again, I w- I rewatched it again for this conversation and I again cried at the same moment. Uh, it really moves me. Yeah. And when the bit came when he was like dancing down the stairs yeah i just thought that it was so joyful
0: it is isn't it it's a very much and it's weird because at that point he has taken on the role of joker who is as we know you know one of the i suppose evil incarnate is the way he's described very often in the comic books so to be joyful yeah. at the fact that he's now evil incarnate is very very strange but it is a joyful moment
2: yeah, because he's sort of liberated of the burden yeah. of having to, kind of just exist, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, he's got everything in his life that everything in his life that was dragging him down, which I suppose was his mum was always yeah. dragging him down, and uh, his co-worker Randall was dragging him down. So he's he's yeah. got rid of them. He's destroyed them. Yeah. So it, he is at peace, I suppose.
2: He's at um, peace. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, he uses Murray's show as a, a confessional.
2: Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah,
0: the whole way he talks to Maria and explains exactly what he did and why he did it. Almost, it's yeah.
2: Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and then, that is true. I, <laughs> and then she. And then that was a very yeah, like that was never part of the plan. Don't
0: think so. No, you know.
2: He always wanted to, as you suggested. Like he always was aiming at himself to be yeah. the the person receiving the bullet. He never thought he wasn't going in with the intention of even causing harm to somebody no, else on the show. No, no. So it's the fact, and it's so great because even after he shoots him, do you remember when he like gets up and he just took hold of the camera and he speaks yeah. directly? That's very Joker. Yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, I know? think
0: that's, that's from the dark Knight returns as it well. It is. Cause he, in that he says, you know, everyone in the auditorium is going to die. And I think he then takes control of the camera and says, that to them he, as well
2: he does yeah he does remember he had this um heath ledger's joker he had he captured some poor guy dressed yep. in a batman costume yeah and then he turns the camera on himself and he's like you know he's making some kind of like negotiation and yep. he says if you don't do what i say everyone will die you know yep. like in this yep. kind of like crazed voice yeah i love that when i when i taught my um a Joker course last year for the Freud Museum, which I'll be repeating for City Lit in August. Yeah, um, I actually found this uh, great little—all uh, these little stills in other films where the Joker hijacks uh, the camera. Yeah, because Jack Nicholson's Joker does that too in um, in Batman, but not in the same way. He interrupts. The in- a- yeah right that kind of like televised programming and suddenly like it just cuts and it's joker on tv yeah Yeah. and so he's taken hijacked it you know um i mean there is another one the
0: animated series have done it loads whenever yeah they did the the joker's on that he he tends to be on television or he's taking over something yeah
2: he's yeah he's sort of interrupting the transmission of, of of an already agreed upon message that was supposed to be broadcast Mm. um uh, Cesar Romero does the same thing he there's an episode where he does that so I think that is a very important and vital quality of the Joker that there was there was previously an agreed upon program that was going to be transmit but the Joker is a force who interjects and hijacks that process he's got another message you know it's very deviant it's very kind of defiant
0: yeah, well, it does it through... Oh, I can't remember which comic story it is, but there's a, a comic book story that they've done twice oh. where Joker says he's going to kill a certain person at a certain time. Um, mm-hmm. So he takes over the TV shows to say, this is the person I'm going to kill at this time. Oh, he will yeah. die. Um, And then that character obviously does die, and then he comes on later and says another person's going to, and the police swarm around to stop them or whatever else, so... Um, That's right. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the name of the story. I've read both this versions, of it, so I still can't remember it.
2: <laughs> no, I know, I know. I kind of have like a visual of what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it rings a bell with me as well.
0: Yeah, he but
2: does tend to do that, doesn't he? Yes,
0: it, it's a very, it's a Joker trait, I suppose. He, it's I suppose it comes from a, Jack Nicholson used it a lot. It, it's it's all about him. He is the yeah. most important thing in the world as far as he's concerned. So if people yeah. aren't looking at him why would they be looking anywhere else you need yeah. to be looking at me at all times so
2: he is an attention seeker yeah
0: oh totally yeah that's that's the whole thing and i guess even um arthur flex joker here that you know the way he dances and things and presents yeah. himself it's like now look at me because <laughs> i am the most important yeah <laughs> yeah
2: it's so cool the way joaquin phoenix like comes dancing out of like behind from behind the curtains you know on <laughs> yes. mary franklin's show yeah that little pierrette that he does like a yeah. little like spin it's so cute
0: yeah because <laughs> it's what he was practicing in his apartment but he, he took it to a very different level when he actually went out on there the he television did show, he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but as, as you say at that point he's he's lost he's become the joker he's not he's after, like, at joker, all anymore isn't yeah. yeah.
2: so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So I'm very kind of interested and in anticipating what they're going to do. I'm just yeah. sort of constantly looking for little signs, little teasers, you know.
0: Oh, they'll they'll keep it under wraps for a long time. They've got, I think
2: they will with
0: a, with another Batman film on the way. Yeah. They they've got to the focus on that from a point of view of comic books, or DC comics. Um, Definitely, they'll, they'll we they'll have a long time, time to wait. Already. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I do remember, like um, six months before the trailer for this Joker came out, so we're talking now in 2018, yeah, like autumn of 2018, because that's when this Joker was shot. The whole yeah. thing was shot in, I think, a few a, a few months from September 2018 onwards. Yeah, and I started seeing like little leaked images of yeah. Joaquin Phoenix on set, oh. and I was like. <gasps> what is this you know yeah. it's just so intrigued and i thought it was such brilliant casting to get Joaquin. oh yeah yeah oh, it's just such it's inspired
0: yeah i wasn't sure at first
2: because yeah. i
0: did wonder whether or not we needed another joker film sure um after heath yeah because it's like you know that was really well done and then i suppose even yes. seeing him in gotham that was so so good
1: yeah it An- was.
0: to give another origin story to joker especially with but then, how Jared Leto was playing Joker in another film, and so like, many <laughs> jokers we need it one time. Um, but he, he does it so well. Um, yeah. He's such a different Joker than other ones. And yeah, mm. he brings something to it. I don't think it'd be brought before. So, yeah. Very
2: vulnerable. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Which the Joker often is. Yeah. Um, and that comes from that whole thing of needing attention all the time, that <laughs> the rest of the time he's waiting for that attention, I suppose.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's struggling. Like he's really struggling. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that where Heath Ledger was sort of, um, he really was, I think people like to attach the word anarchist to him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This sort of radical freak um, who's fearless and he's reckless. Yeah. Um, Whereas I feel like with Arthur Fleck, he's a bit, he's, he is a little bit softer in terms of he's, he, you know, he's, he's really bruised like yeah. emotionally we really see that I mean I think yeah. all the Jokers are it's just that this one is more emphasised
0: yeah they, they yeah. show it don't they the whole way he moves the whole way he's
2: yeah. whenever
0: you see him anywhere he's, he's downtrodden until that final yes. few scenes where he his head's held high and he yes. he knows who he is all of a sudden yeah there's a big change in him which yeah. I, mean, I suppose brings that that ending scene where we're in the the very white Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. um, and I know it mirrors that first scene because he's laughing, but it's not as pain to laugh. No. And he's he's laughing because he finds something funny. <laughs> so he is showing, he's showing his emotions in that he's laughing at something he finds funny and not laughing because he's worried or scared yeah. or whatever else. Because you then see that positive. Yeah. Because they give you the, the quick glimpse of Bruce Wayne then standing in the alley that he's he's laughing at that idea that you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I suppose this
0: person that has shunned him and said that he's not his father or whatever else is, has died. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. That's so true. Mm. That's so true. Like it, the, the quality of the laughter has changed. He's become almost more philosophical about it. Yeah. Um, and he, and of course the pairing of, with the music, uh, the Frank Sinatra song. Yeah. yeah the, oh, it's like, perfect. Yeah.
0: The way it's- he whispers those lines is quite spooky. Yeah. Really. yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. oh it's brilliant yes
0: it is, it is it is i, I did wonder what, what do you think happened there because at the end obviously he, he obviously finishes his session with that person mm. he's therapist mm-hmm. and, and he walks up the hall with the the blood on his feet
2: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we see him in the distance he's running <laughs> back and forth being chased by an orderly
2: has he killed her Yeah, it's almost so suggesting that (laughs) he killed uh, her. I mean, how the hell did he do it? Because he was handcuffed.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I can only think that he had some help. And I can only think that it's a fellow psychiatrist who killed that lady.
1: Ooh. ooh, And maybe is (laughs) it (laughs) Emiline?
2: This is purely wishful thinking. <laughs> that it was Harley Quinn herself working in Arkham who
0: Ooh.
2: is plotting.
0: That's behind the scenes then. You don't see her.
2: Exactly. We don't see her in the shot, but she's there.
0: Yeah. And she because how him.
2: else could he could he have gotten away? Like he was handcuffed.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he Although he, he still seems to be handcuffed as he walks up the hall. Right. You, you don't see enough of him because he's only from behind, but he's dancing up the hall with the the blood on his feet,
2: yeah, but he and got then, away,
0: yeah, and you only see him at the top. He kind of runs one way, and then an orderly runs after him, and he runs back the other way,
2: exactly. The, the kind
0: of comic there at the end, but
2: but yeah. also, what's interesting is that it's he only has footprints, there's no blood anywhere else nope. on him, and he's wearing completely white, yeah, yeah. So it's almost suggests that he had no hand at all in killing that his psychiatrist, yeah. and he just. Maybe it was an order or something, or yeah. he manipulated Harley to do it, and she didn't. He just walked away
0: and just walked over her bloodied corpse and, and you know? trailed the bloodprints, yeah, and
2: trailed the blood out exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, really, I, I, yeah. I not work out what was going on either. It was just like, really, what 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 did happen there? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah because previously, when he kills Randall, he's covered in blood. Yes, he, he's the he's the assailant. Yes. But here it's very specific. He just has the footprint, so it's he's only just at a distance witnessed it, and then went over and like the you know it's only at the bottom of his shoe.
0: Yeah, and he's very calm. I mean, when he kills when he kills Randall, he's not calm after that. He's puffing and panting and whatever else.
2: Agitated.
0: Yeah, and when he kills the three guys on the train again, he's he's agitated after that, and he's not sure what's happening. He he runs, Um, whereas here he's calm and just walks briskly down the hall.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: singing—that's life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: god! Yeah. So this yeah. is. I really hope they pick up where they left off because we yeah. need answers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll hope
0: for Harley Quinn because that would be quite nice, actually. Yeah. hmm To see a different version of it as well. I don't know whether Margot Robbie being in that role. No, would be I don't for want this film. But...
2: No, I think she should stay t- in in the realm of like Suicide Squad and maybe Birds of Prey or whatever. That's yeah. fine, but. We need a real Harley Quinn. We need someone who is um, committed to her yeah. pathology. Yeah, the way really. the same way as Joker is. This yeah. is what I, I it's such a bone has such a bone to pick with this because why is it that we give license to male characters to fully embrace their pathology yeah. and run with it? Yeah, but women have to. Wh- wh- where is this burden of morality coming from? Why do we have to have characters who always end up doing the right thing yeah you know i don't like that because i feel like it's a double standard and it's a it's a it's sort of bigotry of um of 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 low expectations because it's sort of communicating at least that's how i feel it as a woman i get i feel like it's a message to me that says well you're not you don't have this a strong enough constitution and you're not formidable formidable enough to actually come to terms with these dualities and this ambivalence so we'll just give you the nice little bow at the end of your storyline you know yeah and i don't i resent that i i think no i think if you're gonna if you're gonna bring us into that realm then we want to go all the way i want to go the full nine yards yeah you know
0: yeah Yeah. i I don't know i wonder if it's because harley quinn as a a character has become such iconic in a different way i mean she only Mm -hmm. came about in the The 80s. She first appeared in in the animated series. Yeah. And she's been taken on really as part of this sort of bigger universe later on. But she's, I don't know, there's so many different iterations of her that Mm. show a very, and probably because she started in the animated series, she started in a comic story that was designed for children. Yeah. So she isn't the same as Joker. He wasn't designed for children. No. So I don't know if there's some of that in it but
2: actually Maybe. she has she
0: has to have some redeeming features and become the good guy I suppose. Um,
2: I guess but I just feel like that doesn't to me that doesn't really redeem her for me. No, it makes no. me feel like it just it, it gives her a burden that the yeah. other male villains don't have. Yeah. You know they they have the they have the license and and they have the liberty to um go as far into that darkness as they want but she doesn't
1: no you know she's gonna come out at some point yeah
2: she's being held back you know uh and i don't like that um i think you know it's it why is it not okay for a woman to be to go berserk yeah that's the real question yeah i I think they
0: do they do need to stop trying to make her into work a good guy I
1: suppose. Oh, she's, please. She's not it's a so good guy. so cringe.
2: No, yeah. she's not. Right. I hated Birds of Prey with such a passion. I can't tell you. <laughs> I was so, I found it so annoying and yeah. patronizing.
1: Yeah.
2: And I, I just, I just reject all of that stuff. I think it's yeah. nonsense. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that, yeah, definitely I agree. I don't think Margot Robbie would be right for this role. No. It would be, it would have to be someone a bit like, you know who I think would be good, um, oh uh she's like jesse's girlfriend in um in breaking bad i think she plays uh, jessica yeah. jones yeah I but she might be already too associated with jessica jones maybe because yeah. jessica jones is marvel isn't it
0: yeah it is
2: okay so that wouldn't work but we need someone like her like someone like a, like a real a badass you, you know, know like
0: someone- George- geordie Cormer
2: oh yeah I mean,
0: she would be absolutely fantastic because there's a lot yes, she
2: would. of villanelle's
0: characters got a lot of harley quinn to her anyway yes, so she
1: does.
2: i think
0: that would be okay
2: you're you're age-wise. a very good casting director <laughs> you you like got two for two here
0: <laughs> um i need a new job
2: <laughs> this is a very, you got a really good eye yeah yeah she would be per- i mean appearance wise she'd be perfect as well yeah. but, but the, also- the age
0: gap's probably about right as well so
2: yeah age gap is right and i think um oh definitely the you know the in terms of her star persona she's perfect
0: yeah yeah i think she she could go from that that whole psychiatrist type sensible serious to crazed very quickly psycho yeah yeah
2: Yeah, i love that
0: oh there you go i'll have to get in touch with that todd phillips (laughs) can
2: you you, like work your magic make it happen (laughs) um i really like that you know there's a thing in psychoanalysis actually about psychiatrists who fall in love with their patients yeah yeah it's called counter transference all right okay so i think that's what's happening with harley quinn you know um she's completely identified herself with the joker yeah as an expression of her love for him yeah and Yeah. yeah it would have to be someone who is able to kind of Really, kind of run the gamut of these identities, and I think Jodie Comer is perfect because that's what she's very good at. Yeah, she assumes different guises all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool.
2: Cool idea. Yeah,
0: don't think it'll happen, but
2: well, you <laughs> never know. Chocolate it could did. be listening right now. I <laughs> do you mean, know what? I'll,
0: I'll tweet him <laughs> when I put this out and say, you know, "Yeah, I do it, do it." <laughs> I'll include
2: him. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Um. Have you got any particular favorite scenes? I know you said the bathroom scene with his dance. Is there any other sort of standout scenes that you think are wonderful?
2: Yeah. Um, I I love when he visits Arkham Asylum Mm. because it's such, um, first of all, I love that building. Yeah. Um, That is a real building in Brooklyn, by the way. Obviously, they changed the sign outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We are um, Arkham
0: Asylum in Brooklyn <laughs> Moscow no that would be cool you know
2: yeah. Um, but yeah they I just I, I love any time they kind of it's a new interpretation of a very yeah. iconic place in Gotham Yeah, and the way they presented Arkham is so great because it is all part of that terrifying aura of you know an institution for the criminally insane yeah
1: Yeah.
2: the the scariest place on earth and what could be really going on and one of my favorite shots is of arthur fleck in the lift he's completely calm and there's a guy freaking out strapped to a bed yeah 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 you know and i just feel like that's a really good representation of someone with trauma because they're they're standing right beside something that's very chaotic, but they don't react because th- that's part of their dissociation. Yeah. Their brain has kind of willed them to d- divorce themselves from any situation that seems overwhelming because they're already so traumatized.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And he just plays that so well. And then yes. of course he goes and, you know, tries to get that guy to hand over a file and then yeah. he, reacts in a very physical way to trying to steal the file yeah um i just like i guess the physical dimension of that
1: yeah
0: yeah so because in that scene he's he's almost um confessing to the the ad, the admin clerk yes. at that point doesn't he he's saying i've done some really bad things and that type yeah of
2: thing.
0: i think really worrying the admin clerk
2: yes he looks really he looks visibly concerned yeah yeah i think he's taught us someone about that yeah Mm, yeah exactly but also just kind of um looking that shot of him looking out from this kind of like um this kind of mesh barrier yes that happens in the police car as well it's the same exact shot and it's always it's always kind of pitting him against an institution him against you know arkham asylum him against the police
0: yeah, well, we see him bashing his head off glass a lot because they yeah. they show him when he was first locked up bashing his head against the wall.
2: Yeah, when he
0: gets fired over the phone, he bashes his head against. He the, bashes
2: his head. Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah,
0: he doesn't seem to have any problems with bashing glass to his head. So.
2: Oh my god! But does that lead
0: in that whole thing of it was all made up in his he head? In
2: yeah,
0: there all along, and he's just bashing his against that wall in the the cell we see him in.
2: Oh my god! I mean that is. If that really does end up being the case, that's truly sad and tragic.
0: I don't think you can do a sequel if that is the case, but...
2: Yeah, but I mean, in, but maybe, I don't know, maybe in some way you could say that all of the iterations of The Joker lead us down that path. Yeah. Because you, because you know, like, American Psycho? Yes. Yeah. Um, Christian Bale, yeah. um, it's sort of implied that he never really committed any of those crimes. He was only ever like jotting them down in his notebook right. and fantasizing. And that's, and that this, the term psycho in the title, it doesn't actually uh, point to him being a psychopath, like a serial killer. Yeah, But but actually he's a psychotic, he's a schizophrenic.
1: So right. he's actually
2: been just imagining all these crimes. None of wow. it really happened So I
0: I hadn't heard that reading of it before and I never really thought that till now. So,
2: yeah, I mean, that's why in a way, like um, it is such a good casting even to then use Christian Bale, you know, as as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. In the in the previous films, because because he does come with that association, you know, yeah. of being like, you know, because Patrick Bateman in American Psycho, he is mm. that kind of very clean cut guy. Yeah. He seems on the surface to have, he, he has it all. He has wealth. He has success, whatever. You He's know? very Bruce Wayne,
0: isn't he? I suppose.
2: He's very Bruce Wayne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I like this kind of manipulation of these actors, star power. And, yeah. and so maybe in a way with Robert Pattinson, what, what he brings into it is sort of this, very misunderstood guy yeah you know yeah. who's kind of like very pensive and he's sort of melancholy maybe he was an object of ridicule at one time yes
0: but- yeah he has been yeah
2: but actually he's quite profound there's another side to him he's sort of misunderstood
0: yeah which I mean, he's shown in a lot of the things he's done since the sort of twilight stuff yeah uh, you know he he, he he can act he knows what he's doing That's- so
2: for yeah. sure, for sure. Like, I think he's really proven himself.
0: Yeah.
2: So I guess, yeah, we'll have to wait.
0: well will
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> To see, you know, how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of fans with very high expectations.
0: Yes, yes. For we sure. had them for Ben Affleck as well, though, didn't we? So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Although I, I quite like the, the grizzled older Bruce. Yeah. It, it falls in nicely with The Dark Knight Returns comic book yeah
2: definitely have that
0: sort of Batman with a bit of a beard going on so (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see yeah um just I always ask people this see if you can do it um Uh can you sell the film to me in about 30 seconds yes you can cool
2: so I'll try okay (laughs) so um go and see Joker because it's going to um, cause you to commit terrible violence. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, no. Um, if you're a Joaquin Phoenix fan, and you followed everything he's ever done, then this has to be at the top of your list. If you haven't seen it already, you need to see Joker because... It completely sells Joaquin's abilities for physical performance, for emotional vulnerability, and brings a whole other unexpected, very troubling, very um, captivating dimension of the Joker that we haven't seen before. So it's essential for not just Joaquin fans, but also Batman and DC fans.
0: Brilliant, thank you very much. That's good, (laughs) that, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, for having this little chat with me. It's been it's been a fantastic chat. I really enjoyed it.
2: Me too. I've enjoyed it too. So thank you so much for inviting me. Cool.
0: Um, do you want to just tell us where we can find you out there and on social media and other things?
2: Sure. So the best place to find me is on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is psychstar on both platforms. That's P-S-Y-C-S-T-A-R. And I recently started a Patreon as well. So that's just um, my Patreon is just my name Mary Wild W I L D, and um, yeah, I'm creating new content on there.
0: Fantastic, great stuff. Right, well, thank you very much again. It's been thank it's been you a pleasure talking to you about this. It made me likewise. think a lot. Likewise,
2: likewise, likewise. <laughs> it's nice to talk to a fellow Batman comics fan.
0: Well, anytime. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Take care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's so funny? It's just like thinking of a joke. you want to tell it to me?
0: I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Mary there. As I said at the top of the episode, this is the final episode for a while. I will be back in September with more new episodes. Here is a quick trail of that first episode coming in September, which is with Kevin Lyons, and it is about 2001, A Space Odyssey. If you want some proper hard science fiction fiction, written and directed by two people at the absolute top of their game and a film which will leave you scratching your head in a very nice way at the end of it and which will give you the best hallucinogenic trip you'll ever have without chemicals this is the film for you everybody should watch it once even if you don't like it that doesn't matter that's that's fine i get that people don't like it Do yourself a favour, watch it at least once because there is nothing, nothing like this film anywhere else in cinema. And that's in September. Thank you very much once again for listening to the podcast. From me, till then, bye-bye for now. Finally, thanks to Acast for hosting the website and to Max Smith for the theme tune composition. Get in touch with the podcast, remember that website is www.myfavoritfilm.com.